Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't really need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. Talking Tesla 185, the show after the earnings show, which wasn't really an earnings show because it was just the th- four of us kind of rambling on and on and on. But 185, it's the night before Halloween. Robert <laughs> is dressed like Little Bo Peep. Nobody can see that, but it's really interesting <laughs> how he decided to pick Little Bo Peep. And Joel oh, is dressed oh, up as Frozone, yes, which Frozone. is pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Honey, where's my super suit? From- from my favorite movie of all time, Batman. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so today, today I have been dealing with Tesla roadside service a little bit, and I don't know. Are you guys are you is are you interested in hearing a story about Tesla roadside service? Are you making this up, or is this for real? This is one hundred percent accurate. Why would you need Tesla roadside service since you have a beautiful Model 3 that has no nothing wrong with it? I, th- I heard EVs don't need, uh, need service, maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. And uh, the car itself did not need service. But like all of, all of our vehicles, no matter what EV or not EV, they all ride on rubber. And rubber oh. is puncturable. And so I, have, I just replaced my tires about 3,000 miles ago at Costco. I did not go to Tesla to get the the insulation filled tires um, because everything I read about it didn't really matter. And Tesla charged probably an extra 400 more than I ended up paying for the tires. Yes, Robert. You're talking about the tires that have that strip of like thick foam behind the tread all the way in the inside that's supposed to make them quieter? That is correct. So the Tesla ah. tires have that te- that foam inside, at least from my understanding. I don't know if it's actually in there or not because I've never seen it. Follow-up mm-hmm. question. Please. Do you notice that there is a difference in the noisiness within your vehicle, aside from your own noise? No, I oh. do not. So I wonder how much of a difference that really makes. I think Sean... For me, it would be zero difference. Zero difference. Completely zero difference. Now, somebody else... And I really, the first couple of weeks, I was really trying to be like, does it sound different? Does it... Like, uh, if it sounds different and it's louder... It doesn't matter. I'll tell you that right now. Like, so it's not it's not a thing. Now, I have been told from Mark at RPM Tesla that all I have to do is bring my car down there and he's gonna add additional sound deadening in the wheel wells that RPM Tesla makes. Oh, nice. But I haven't had a chance to go down there due to the fact that I don't know if you guys have been watching the news or anything like that, but like so many people are dying from coronavirus and getting sick. It's really bad. So I figured like on the list of priorities, that's pretty low. A, I'm not driving the car and B, I love Mark to death, but I don't want to expose him and I don't want to expose myself. 
for something kind of unnecessary. So at some point that will happen. But we digress as we always do on this show. So I got a flat tire last night as I was driving with my son and I managed to make it to the Costco tire center because I was like, I know I have roadside warranty and I know I only have 3000 miles on these things. What I will tell you is while I was driving down the street, I could hear the air exiting that tire from inside the car. And it, and it was a weird little thing. It was like a razor blade looking thing. So a thin, 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 thin piece of metal like embedded in the tire. So very dangerous. Anywho, so I got there today, but it turns out Costco doesn't stock this tire. So I, I have to special I have to special order this tire. And they thought maybe it would come today. And if it didn't come today, it would be three to five days. And I was like, wow, that's a long time. But I tried. So I left it there last night, heard from them this morning. It's not going to be there for three to five days. So I decided to call Tesla roadside service. Yes, Joel? When we get into the interesting part. Oh wow, that is painful, painful, and, yeah. and and very and very correct. So so I called Tesla Roadside Service to get a loaner tire. Okay, and and I called them and I said, hey, I my car is at Costco. I don't have Tesla tires, but I need a loaner wheel and tire uh, until the tire comes in. And the guy on the phone was like, sure, no problem. Just call us when you get to your car, and we'll send a loaner company. Now I don't know if you guys knew this. But at least in my area, Tesla no longer sends replacement tires with like the Rangers. They use local tow companies, have a stock of their tires and wheels that they just bring to you, which yeah, is that's... different than when this happened to me two years ago on my way to Las Vegas. They just brought me a tire and all was good. And, and, and I was like, I need it for five days. And they were like, sure, no problem. That's yes, however. When this happened like three years ago to me out in Agoura, uh, some like AAA tow truck just showed up and they had a Tesla tire and the wheel was all painted with ugly red. It was all beat yeah. to hell. And they just so put they, that they, on my car and they somehow got the deflated tire all the way back to the, I don't know which service center, the Sentinella service center in Los Angeles, like whatever, 40 miles away. They got the tire back to them yeah. like the same day. It was kind of crazy. They drove it back to them. But since I wasn't getting Tesla to replace my tire, this is where the problem came in. So then I opened up the app on my way over there uh, on the the public bus. And I said, uh, you know, I started clicking. I need a wheel. I I don't have Tesla tires. I don't need a tow. I just need a replacement wheel. And then they were like on the on the text chat, he was telling me, oh, we can't do that because we have to take your tire back to the service center. And I said, well, that's a problem for you because I called somebody and they told me that they would that would be fine. And now you're telling me something different, but I'm already here. I'm already on the bus. Like that that's not acceptable situation. So they put me on text hold. I've never been put on text hold for 20 <laughs> minutes. And I was on text hold while he Please said I had to go, he had to go and look at the other conversation, which I don't know how you look at another conversation on text when it was a phone call. But anyways, long story short, which is probably too late at this point, they did acquiesce and bring me a tire, but I ha- so I had to sign this thing, but I only have three days of this loaner tire. So here's the question. There's my tires not coming probably within three days, according to Costco. It looks like five days. So what am I supposed to do? Do I just, and, and I sign the thing and it says, if you keep this tire for more than three days, we're going to charge you the full price of the wheel, which a painted yeah. red Tesla wheel should be worth about eight or $9, I think at this point, I, I don't know. 
But the real question, I guess, is like, hmm. is Tesla eventually going to acquiesce, even though like I, I had to do it because I needed my car for these three days. So I didn't have any choice. But my option now is to be like, OK, you can come get your tire in three days in the Costco parking lot and put the flat tire back on. Like, what am I supposed to do, Robert? So I have a question for you now, Tom. Yeah, sure, buddy. Go ahead. In retrospect, uh-huh. if you knew this, what you what you just told us today, if you uh-huh. knew this when it was time to buy your tires, your set of uh-huh. tires, would you have bought Tesla tires and stuck I, with the I, family? Or I knew you were going to ask me this question, and, and I appreciate you. As we don't even have that question written down, but I was hoping one of you would ask that question. So I'm really I'm here glad, for you, Tom. I'm here that for you. It was was you. Uh, it's that's a very good question. I don't think I would have. What I don't know, to be completely honest with you, is what's Tesla's road hazard warranty on their tires. Like, do they do they have one? Is it part of the getting a Tesla tire deal? It's been a very long time since I bought tires from Tesla. The other aspect of it is the tires that I bought from Tesla originally only lasted like 30,000 miles. Well, that's not my experience. I drove a set of Tesla tires on my first Model S, 51,000 miles until the belts were exposed and I didn't realize it. We had talked about this, the Model S, wears their rear tires differentially. They wear more on the inside than on yeah, the outside. Right. I remember that. And I didn't even realize it. And I had driven until I had literally separated the belt from the sidewall. And that's why it deflated on the inside of the so tire? quickly. That's because yep. you didn't see it. Was, yeah, I were those see the it. um the like are they slightly oversized in the back or were no, yours? It wasn't the offsets. Even? Okay, yeah, the awesome Yeah, Goodyear Eagles, and they lasted me like 51,000. And when I went to get my tires replaced, uh, I got like applause from people at the service center. They were like, you, these are your original tires. And I said, yes. They they gave me applause. They said, we have never seen anyone drive. And since then, we had talked about it on the show. Is your name on the wall, too? Other, no, but I came back with a spray can. Uh, then we had this talk on the show and other people sent us emails and communications, which obviously we don't pay attention to anymore. And they, at the time it said they had driven yet further, like another 5,000 miles further than I do. But mm-hmm. it was- but we're talking uh, about, we're talking about my tires and, and me. Oh, and right. This was your story. I forgot. <laughs> so, Tom, so Tom, the, so 30, the tires that you miles. got from Costco, they were what, yeah. like- 400 so what, less you said or so the tire yeah the tire that the tires that tesla came with were the continentals i switched to the michelin primacy i think is is what they are i don't know exactly i apologize for that i can get the information if you guys no really no no that's not no they were about 285 per tire at costco and i believe tesla was about a hundred bucks more at the time for the okay. model three tire Ooh. Um, and it was going to be the same tire. So I was getting myself into a tire that was basically, I knew was only 30,000 miles, which, you know, I'm not, a, I don't drive like Robert. I'm a normal driving person. I don't drive crazy. I don't drive fast. Like I just felt 30,000 miles. I, I also didn't drive them till they were threadbare either. So I don't know if your last 10,000 miles were the most dangerous 10,000 miles you ever drove. But from what you're telling us, Robert, my guess is it was pretty dangerous for you to be driving at yep. least the 5,000 of those miles, right? Like you, the Abraham yep. Lincoln, Pennyhead, whatever that whole deal. Yeah. Oh no, I did that. I did that. That was all good. It's but just it was I on never got my head on the very <laughs> inside. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, so. I, I drove um, 
my first set of Model S tires, like 42,000, something like that. Yeah, there you and go. Then, and then I just replaced them right before wintertime. But um, I, I was sort of afraid it was going to be like the 15,000 or 20,000 that people had. But they did really well. Um, but right at towards the end, then they started to go. Um, like It seemed like quicker. And that's when it was like time to go. But I, too, got the uh, replacement uh, tire. Um, they came and they actually took my car to the, well, in Massachusetts, like the, the local... Uh, repair center for tesla and then replaced my tire in probably a half hour or so and then i was on a trip to dc from from boston and ran over right in boston right next to the tesla the dealership or the repair place and and they replaced it within a half hour so that was good but i know i paid more uh, but it was super convenient Uh, the question though is is um if you could would you want to have a spare tire in your car at all times. And I think that's at the... this particular, that's a good question. I think at this particular moment, I say the answer is yes, but mm-hmm. you know, and, and if I, I can imagine if I was in the middle of nowhere, like if I was in the middle of the five and who knows an hour in between towns, that would have been probably a pretty major bummer. I don't know what in that situation, but I do, I do carry the pump thing in my car. The, 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 the auto pump that you plug into your 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 uh, phone 12 volt jack with the with the juice in it the goop and the yeah I don't have the tesla one but i have the one i took out of my daughter's volt when it got totaled because <laughs> the volt comes with one because it also doesn't have a spare did you so use I, it? I heard that those no uh, uh robert you had a question sorry I was yeah i was going to ask him i've got the uh i think i might have actually bought the tesla pump before i realized that you could buy one on amazon for 10 bucks less and i've got a can of the green goo that you put in and i actually had used that on that same leaky tire that was separating from the sidewall uh, because i had had an episode where i thought maybe i had a nail in it or i wasn't sure where i'd looked at it and i didn't see anything and i was like i don't know why it went low but i'll put this in and uh and it wasn't uh it wasn't effective because when I got off the freeway, I started putting this in. It just started leaking out the center of the tire, the inside wall of it. I was like, what the hell? Why is all this white yeah. gooey stuff pouring out of my tire? Yeah, and I don't but, know how that stuff works. And I don't know, like, do you put that in? Do I pull the metal thing out? Because I couldn't have gotten the metal thing out of the tire for sure. That thing was, like, all the way fl- flush with the treads. So it was in there. It was an interesting piece of metal. I'm not exactly sure how like, it was standing upright, to oh, be honest yeah. with you. It was like a razor blade, literally. That's what it looked like, but it's about three inches wide, and I have no idea how long it is. But anywho, so that's what happened. So the good, the bad, and the and the ugly about it is, yes, Tesla did acquiesce and bring me a, a loaner tire, which is great, awesome. Thank you, yes, Tesla. Yes, there was some miscommunication between the two sides, but they seemed to have picked it up pretty quickly. And the guy was, you know, very professional who brought it and and all of that is good why they need to paint the tires red or the wheel red is sort of beyond me but i imagine it has to do with people getting a loaner wheel and being like well that's in better shape than my wheel i guess i'm going to keep it (laughs) and turning in the other one so if you're one of those people and you're listening to this show boo on you because now my car has a big red wheel on it for who knows how long to make it ugly is that why it's red i think it's yeah so you don't keep it okay is my guess it's like i bet you can get them in the red i bet you can get them to acquiesce and say 
hey, I need it for two more days because uh, it sounds like the tire that I have is whatever, and I'm sure they'll yeah. be all right. As long as you're communicating with them, I feel like that's going to be okay. Yeah. Hopefully. But we'll I do find too. out next, I mean, next show, we'll, right? Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll find out. I mean, uh, I, I, I believe in my heart that they will be do the right thing, but I can almost guarantee you they're not just going to instantly say no problem right that there's going to be some back and forth and that's the problem right and this is really what i wanted to tell the guy from the very beginning i said look i wanted to say look we both know at the end of this you're gonna bring me a wheel and a tire <laughs> so like just bring me a wheel and a tire like let look like at you. let's not even have the 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 idea that you're not going to do it go through my head Right? Like, what is the benefit to that? And I get it. I'm not buying their tire there. They're not in the business of like spending all of this money on something like that. But, you know, I'm in the business of, of spending a little bit more on their vehicle and expect a little bit more service. And, and this is for sure a first world problem. And I totally get that aspect of it. Did you say, do you know who I am? I did not. Okay, no, that's I what you should have dropped. I did not. No, like uh, that's like that's like the worst move ever, right? Like I'm just like via text, like maybe you should take a listen to my podcast before you decide whether or not you're bringing me this tire. <laughs> Hello, thank you very much. At least four people a week have listened to me for the last two years. Hello, uh, and they'll be like, "Oh, you're with them." No, and you that, can't have a tire, and that includes the person editing the the episode. <laughs> yes. Right, it's the four of us plus EJ, and <laughs> although Wait. you know we can't really say that because Joel is a listener. Was I don't know? Are you were you a listener or are you a listener? Yeah, I'm a listener. I guess <laughs> I have and to hear how badly I've done. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Which reminds me, I need to cancel that Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah, the other just... problem is that you, Tom, have repeatedly revealed that you never listen to the show. I don't have to listen to the show. I actually pay attention while we're recording. I know what the show sounds like. <laughs> and I have to say, last week we weren't being nice to you. I, I should have taken your side a little more. But thanks, Joel. I appreciate that. And and I, I don't know if it'll happen this week or not. But privately, Joel did message that to the group as well, saying that we should. I I don't believe him by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. But it's very nice to have at least one modicum level of support on this show. Yeah, it, it's more like, you know, how you, um, I mean, I, I've never listened to my wife. Uh, and did you have your hand raised? Because I was looking down. Um, no, Robert put up the sign that said, you ignorant slut. Uh, like Mel no, was like doing Mel all last week. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, I, I'm sure if you listen to yourself when you have a disagreement with your significant other, it, I feel like it was something like that where I was like, oh, wow, he, he did actually say some intelligent points. I just wasn't <laughs> listening to them. <laughs> yeah it's much more fun to like not listen to me but but i get it, it that's a, it's a, it's not necessarily a conf, con, controversial point of view but it's just a it's a it's a point of view because i i believe so much in tesla and the potential of tesla that i want them to really spend time thinking about the prioritization of, of what's important and what isn't important. And that's really what it comes down to is like, how can we get to where we need to go as fast as possible? Because I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but it is terrible out there in an environmental standpoint. Did you just, and this is not in the show. Did you hear what they just found off the coast of California? 
Oh, uh, was this the um, dumped uh, chemicals of some? Yeah, sort? the that? DDTs, the right? DDT. So in the, I didn't in even the know 50s, that was still made. They're not still made. This is from the 50s and 60s. So the, this company in Monrovia who made this DDT, which was a miracle chemical, right? It killed mosquitoes and other bugs. There's pictures in this article that I read of them driving a truck down our Southern California beaches, spraying a cloud of DDT on people. Like as they as they drove down the beaches and, and basically to kill mosquitoes. But so off the coast, hold on one second, Robert. Off the coast of California, uh, a scientist recently with a submarine found a whole ton of of barrels that had also been dumped. And some of the time when these barrels were dumped overboard with the DDT remnants, sludge, whatever it is in them, and they didn't sink immediately, they poked a hole in them to get them to sink to the bottom. So anyways... From here to Catalina, 26 miles, is basically just littered with these DDT uh, barrels. So, good times. Yes, Robert. I just wanted to point out a couple of things. Number one, mm -hmm. my, my training is that DDT is not harmful to humans. It's all about bird eggs. And number yeah, no, two, it's, it's true. DDT true. was very, um, played a very big role in, in uh, getting rid of malaria in the southern states. But my question, yeah, because it killed the mosquitoes that spread the malaria. Malaria yeah, comes up from South America. I get it. I mean, South there's some America. benefits to it. There was some downside to DDT as well, as you Definitely, know. Definitely, yeah. Like the, the big birds were dying because they couldn't put out eggs that wouldn't crush. So and let's so, genetically alter uh, mosquitoes instead. Right, right. I think that's what uh, you got. It. <laughs> Whether or not that's going to cause some other unthinkable no. right. bad thing, I don't know. But what I was wondering, and uh, Tom has now left the building, at least he's not wearing his headphones into the bathroom so that we can listen. That we know it's, of. Is that, um, were those barrels from the 50s? Was that stuff floating around for, for 70 years? Or did somebody recently go out and create that mess? No, it's, it's been around for a long time. Okay. Are, these are old barrels from a company, I believe, they were located in Monrovia, but anyways, we where's Monrovia again for those folks that aren't California centric? It, uh, where it's in is the industrial Monrovia? arm of Los Angeles, kind of okay. southeast Los Angeles? Because there's a company called Monrovia too, I believe. Maybe so. I yeah, wonder if they're. I, I think in it's Monrovia. a chemical company, but I'll, I'll... it may have actually been the Monrovia Chemical Company. To okay. be honest with you, that, well, that you did this. But well, talking but about talking about like petroleum products or distillate products, things that are kind of toxic that we don't really think about, right? Because back in the 50s, when they showed those, those swimming pools with all the kids bouncing in and out of the water and some dude is using like what looked like a leaf blower to blow these clouds of DDT, nobody really seemed to think twice about it. And when you go into your kitchen and you turn on your gas stove, you think about it? Like, uh, what I'm thinking, or had been thinking a few years ago before I started reading, was eggs and bacon. Yum! But now, when I turn on the stove, I think something very different. Like, turn on some fans, open the window, open my door to get some cross-ventilation, because this stuff that's burning is not good for me. And so, we have an article here from The Atlantic called Kill Your Gas Stove. And there are some articles that it refers to. And I think maybe, Joel, you might have... Oh, you threw in something a second. 
Yeah, just electrifying your your house, which is kind of goes hand in hand with that. But um, so the bottom line is, since we're going to try and do this show in under three and a half hours, is that natural gas methane is bad for you if you are trying to get a very large rocket up into space. Methane can be useful, and if you're on Mars and you want to get back to the United States or the the the, the Earth or the Moon, then methane is useful. But in your home, burning it at your stove with probably less than ideal ventilation is harmful. And so in this article, they talk about how it's not only bad for the environment, but bad for you. They talk about the degree and the frequency of childhood asthma in homes that use natural gas-fired appliances. So stove, water heater, a lot of places have water heaters indoors, not in some little like shed on the outside wall of the house and your gas dryer. And people go, oh, well, but it's vented. Mm, not so well. Hmm. And so the, the amount of incompletely burned uh, methane. So when you incompletely burn methane and other fuels, you end up with something called carbon monoxide. And everybody says, oh, you know, well, I've got a carbon monoxide detector in my house. The reality is that that thing only fires when the carbon monoxide levels are like very high, lethal or damaging, but not, it doesn't take into effect the chronic exposure as well as nitrous oxides and other, uh, in other, other um, gases and other chemicals that come. Because when you turn on that tap of natural gas, it's not pure natural gas there's other stuff in there and the company that's supplying that uh you know they're not giving you like a report oh how pure is your natural gas like when you want to mm-hmm. drink pure water and you go to the special filter at the store or you buy the bottles or what have you so this story talks about um, a family as a highlight i know it's only one uh story and there's millions of houses with natural gas, but they talk about how this family moved into an all-electric house, uh, and it was in the same part of town, and her son, this woman's son's asthma just pew, disappeared. And then they talk about another study of children living uh, in homes with natural gas appliances and how much their asthma worsened uh, because of the natural gas being burned. There's a survey they highlight that took place in Baltimore where they looked at the quantity of nitrous oxide in the houses and basically the houses that burn natural gas appliances, one second, Tom, had 50% to 400% higher concentrations of nitrous oxide than homes with electric stoves, which and those levels would be considered illegal if you were outdoors and exposed to them. Yes, Tom. Now, the point wow. just above that, though, talks about in this, uh, in Baltimore as well, but that was saying like 14, is this in the 14% of the gas homes that are using those stoves for heating or only for cooking? Yeah, so in like, some That's where places, it's a little bit confusing because, I, I mean, I understand oh. like some people use their stoves for heat, which is exactly. not, not normal. True. They no. do it for a and lot of And that's what they're reasons, talking about. Like, Financial wow. reasons. So that's right. a problem, yeah. obviously. Yeah, you live in a place and the heater that's in the wall doesn't work very well, but it's butt-ass right. cold outside. Like, right. I just saw a picture of, of or maybe, social, yeah. like, social stories, though, right? Right. So, you know, maybe it's an apartment and the landlord's keeping the 
apartment too cold, and so they use right. the heat from the oven to which is not good, obviously. Um, yeah. Well, that's that's crazy because I have asthma, my son has asthma, um, and we have a uh, a gas stove, um, and right. uh, I, I guess a gas water heater. Yeah. So, so for how much longer do you believe you'll have a gas stove? Do you think this this article <laughs> conversation will change your mind, or who does the cooking in your house? I guess is a better question. Um, I think we share it. Uh, okay. I'd wonder what she would say if she were here right now. But uh, <laughs> that's uh, what I really wanted to. That's the answer I really want. Yeah. But well, um, if your if your wife really loved you, she would say, Joel, I don't want you exposed to the nitrous oxide and carbon monoxide anymore. So I'll do all the cooking. And you stay away and just eat the food. Well, what's interesting about this study with the dog in that little doghouse? Otherwise, it's going to be bad for your asthma. Well, what's interesting about this study too is um, in Baltimore um, and in the D.C. area, they have rules uh, uh, in the kitchen of having like extra vents to vent out um, that you know vent out fumes. Um, and in Massachusetts, there's not that, that rule. Mm -hmm. Um, and I always remember going to my grandmother's house and they had the pilot stove with the gas and you'd always have, have that, that whatever it's, you can't really smell smell methane, but it's a chemical that they put in there that you smell. Right. And, um, it would always, would always have that smell. And so I, I just wonder, is that something yeah, it just That's makes where me you think. Got your asthma sure. from? That's where you got your asthma from. You can blame your grandma's. <laughs> yeah, well, my yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so but that does. It's just a little disappointing because I did have a chance to get a um, induction stove when I moved into this house, and I, I went back and forth on the type of stove that I was getting, and um, got this stove instead. But yeah, so yeah, a lot of think. people, a lot of people like talk down the induction stove, which is really kind of the state-of-the-art electric stove now. I grew up with the old-fashioned electric stove with a coil that would get really hot, right. really hot. I burned myself on it once, not realizing that it had been on. Mm-hmm. It, didn't, it wasn't red anymore, but it still was hot as the Dickens. And so I learned to cook on those the, stoves. Does anybody yes, say that anymore? The Dickens? Me, yes. Me. Charles Dickens. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. And so... Um, I learned to cook on that stove, and I agree that it is much more uh, pleasing to cook on a gas stove. I can adjust the temperature very quickly, and many people argue that you know there are if you mandated gas stoves, then we wouldn't be able to stir fry, mm-hmm. for example. Electric stoves, if you mandated yes. electric stoves. Yes. So if everybody had to use electric because that's much healthier, and I'll say one more thing before we close out this article that isn't there, that that you would like penalize someone, let's say a Vietnamese or an Asian restaurant that was cooking using, having to use induction. But they had a really good example of a place called Starry Kitchen, which like two weeks ago when I was prepping the show, I asked you about, Tom, had you ever been to Starry Kitchen? And the answer was, of course. Of course, yeah. Tom is <laughs> the suburban foodie. And so there hey, is don't this- throw that away brother and sister who started Starry Kitchen in their apartment and they would serve friends and then it started growing and they had like a uh, they had like a common area that was just outside their apartment in the apartment complex but when somebody finally ratted them out for having like a, a restaurant in their apartment 
they went to a place that evidently didn't have the ability to install the kind of vents you need for big stir-fry. It creates a lot of smoke. It's a lot of heat. There's a lot of fumes. And so uh, this place didn't have, like, you couldn't put in vents or anything. So they switched to electric, and they managed to create a very popular Asian restaurant and cooked everything on electric. And mm. so it just is about shifting your paradigm. If you don't think you can do it, think about the health of yourself and your family and whoever comes to visit and is living in your home. It is not, not good for you to have gas-fired appliances, Tom. I've done it. This, at, at one point, I don't know, recently I cooked on an electric stove for about three months. It is... You get used to it, is what yeah. I'm going to say. Like, yeah. it's not great initially. I don't love it initially. I think induction would have been better, okay, to be yeah. honest with you, because you still, you still get, you can still get burned. The glass, like, it was one of those sealed ones where the glass is over the top of it. I like the fact that you can keep them much cleaner. That's, that's, that's really a great part of it because it's just a one sealed glass top. I think I would have liked induction better because basically, as soon as the pan goes away, it turns off and it kind of cools down a lot quicker. Not, you know, super quick, but a lot quicker. But if you're on the fence and you're listening to this show and you have one of these health issues or you just feel like doing something, your part or whatever, you'll get used to it. You won't love it for the first month. You may not love it for the first three months, but eventually you'll adapt the way you cook mm -hmm. and it will be fine. Yeah. Alex and so, go ahead. Oh, sorry. The, um, what's interesting about the induction stoves too is um, from like a geeky technology point of view is um, they're actually more efficient uh, than gas in terms of energy, but they're even more efficient than the coils as well in how they heat the pan. Is They end up heating the pan without wasting heat going into your house, essentially. And um, they're pretty cool. And, and they're one of the ways that we can get to converting our houses fully to uh using just electric overall Ooh, yeah good segue joel yeah thank good you segue. all right uh robert did you want to add something as we move on yeah it ruins your segue but it was okay, we did sorry. an article about google pairing up with a university because the google cars going around everywhere with the camera on it so you could have street view so a bunch of people said, well, hey, Google, you're going to spend all this money for all these vehicles and you're going to have them going around and around over and over and over. Can we put stuff on your Google vehicles? Can we do research with your Google vehicles? And this was an article I think we did at least two years ago where this university put uh, methane sniffers oh. on the Google vehicles because there were issues where people would say, like, I smell methane in my neighborhood. I smell that natural gas, but where is it coming from? And what they found was there was a pandemic, or maybe it's an epidemic since I can't say it's, it's international, of leaky pipes. There's all kinds of things that happen. There's settling, there's earthquakes, there's all kinds of shifting in the ground. There's rust. These pipes break down. Some of them have been there for decades like 70 years and because it was it was in the 20s i think that the english began to to change from coal gas to methane that was like a big time in the 20s and 30s that this shift took place and uh those uh pipes are leaking so how much of the methane that you pay for 
is actually getting to you. Or I should say, how much of the methane that's being piped to you actually gets to you? And some people say as much as 40% of that methane is leaking before it even gets to your home. So another reason, because methane is such a, an amazing global greenhouse warming gas that... And yet none of us in this show have an electric stove, correct? You have an electric stove, Robert? I don't. Well, what I was but happy I about was that I had an electric, it's it's uh, electric in the oven and gas on top. And I thought, yeah, well, okay, well, that makes sense. Electric ovens are the best. I mean, way more efficient and way better heating than gas ovens. And But I do drive an electric car. And I would true. like, I would like, I want to explore electrifying my home. You should get uh, an induction burner, a single induction burner. Yeah, you can actually get an induction cooktop so it could sit on top of your countertop or i guess i could convert this the the stove top to that as well um i'd have to look into that maybe a little I, i've had I've not had luck with um, taking apart things lately like my get my wife's um computer maybe sometime i will but we also have an article about uh what does it take to electrify everything in your home and i'm hoping we can give the uh, put put a, a read-only link to this to our show notes in the um in the show notes, I guess that's what it's called. Um, it would be nice people could see some of these, uh, see some of these things, and maybe someday, sometime we could have them contribute. Since Mel's here, he can't say no. So, so this um, was a um, Green Tech Media article about what it takes to really convert your home fully to electric. So, you know, maybe I start out with my stove and I start out uh, with solar. And so this followed the the story of uh, I think his name's Justin uh, Gway. Um, and I follow him on Twitter. He's actually a good follow. Um, he's sort of part of the what people are calling energy Twitter. Um, but after installing about uh, three and a half kilowatt uh, uh, solar system and a charger for his uh, electric vehicle, his Nissan Leaf, he started looking looking at the um, all the issues involved, uh, which were kind of frustrating for him um, in sort of state gas friendly uh, rules that pen that sort of penalize homeowners. And this was in California. This was in this was in California too, and it Which was you would fairly. Think is a, right? Yeah, you would think that's like a progressive state that would hopefully. But the biggest issue for him, or it seemed like in this article, one of the biggest issue was that he didn't have a big enough panel initially attached to his house. He had like a hundred, uh, whatever they call it, hundred watt panel. Yep, is it watt hundred watt panel or some whatever the number. Hundred amps. Yeah. 100 amp. Yeah, oh, oh right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He had a 100 amp panel, I believe. And then when he went to solar, that, you know, the solar takes, they take a couple of slots in it. And it's kind of like the amperage is enough if you have nothing running. But if you have anything running, you quickly run out of amperage. Because this happened to me when I got my solar city solar uh, installed. Nice. I had a 100 amp service on my house that was built in the 50s. And as part of the process, I had to get a 200 amp panel. Now, in this story, the issue was the service from the pole to his new 200 amp panel had to also be upgraded. Which ended and that's up where he more. ran in. That's where he ran into the bigger issue. And I had, they had to change the lines to my panel, but it wasn't like, there was no like regulatory issue to be able to do it. Like the juice was already there. They just needed to upgrade the size of the lines that go, went to my panel. I yes, think, Robert. I think this, I, so I had a similar experience when I was living in Culver City in that 
we put on solar. I want, I put on a charger for the Tesla. I wanted it to be the big one, the 80 amp. So I wanted a hundred amps to go to that panel. The house already had, when we'd first bought it, a upgraded panel. It went to 200 amps. Uh, but then you need, is, you know, you need space within the panel for circuit breakers. And so then they had to start jockeying and get these super thin circuit breakers and they became really expensive. And, and I said, well, why not just put a bigger panel? And go, well, the next panel is a 400 amp panel. Oh no, sorry. That's an industrial panel. You need to have a special permit for that as if I'm going to start arc welding, you know, all of my neighbors, whatever. And then I said, well, but I wanted to go electric, electric heater, electric water heater, electric stove oh well that's going to cost more then they said yes the the southern california electric has to come and rerun the pole wires and upgrade the pole wires and they you know it just became similar this story reminded me of that it just mm -hmm. started snowballing and in the end when i finally had somebody come out from edison to like oh well we're gonna check and see where we can drop new lines and all this stuff he's like you don't need to do that the poles can handle it the wires coming to the house can handle it. I was like, really? Are you sure? And I'm like throwing all of my whatever know-how at him. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. He's just dodging your know-how. I've never pew, seen pew, anybody pew, 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 pew. dodging. Well, look at all that <laughs> Rosenblum know-how. It's coming yeah. from I'm bringing the talking Tesla to the, to, the, to the issue. And so it turns out it's just, just like confusion and hearsay and paradigm shift you know right. but when we're building new houses if we would just make them all all electric from from one end to the other with a charger and everything solar on the roof a battery on the wall that, we need to do that tomorrow yesterday last year is that for all new houses now in california that they all have to be have some solar on them they have to they have, have to be wired for it, wired I believe, for, is what okay. has to and, They have to have the capability okay. to easily add photovoltaic to them. I believe that's true for large residential places. Lar I don't know what mm -hmm. the size is, and for large commercial places. But, you know, there's always ways to get around all that, Joel, if you're doing a a remodel and in right, California right. we do we do a lot of remodels where you leave one two by four standing and yeah. you basically are remodeling your home they do that point. around here too yeah because it also helps with your property taxes yeah yeah and wh where I live there's um flood zone type issues and so right. um you can't or you can't get certain loans if you if it's a new house built in the flood zone but what they end up doing is they they leave everything up but the um, the chimney, uh, and so they say it's a it's a renovation. And then one night, the the whatever it is, the PM comes in, pushes over the chimney, and they say, "Oh, the wind did it." And then they just redo the whole house. That's how it works around here. So. <laughs> That's not. You probably shouldn't have shared that information I, with us. But let's I mean, go. I'm not back doing to this article. <laughs> so article I mean, the, the, the point the I quiz, think with the but, electric. Yeah. Is um, it's a good story to to look at if you're considering doing some of this, um, mm -hmm. and it's getting easier for sure. I thought it was fairly easy for me to add and my neighbor um, to to add s some of this to their house. And honestly, um, after reading about, I'm going to read more about the the first article that we we did and try to get myself to figuring how we can get to a more electric, more electric home. 
for sure. Yeah, and if you if you're out there and you're listening and you're gonna you're thinking about remodeling or upgrading your electrical, you probably if you're gonna put in a charger because we ran into even issues once I got my Tesla chargers, we ran into even with the 200 amp like oh we're running out of space in that thing so you can run out of it pretty quickly. I have. I think my stove, my double electric oven took like a 50 amp breaker. And then I have an 80 amp breaker on the two chargers. You know, they're splitting an 80 amp breaker. So that alone, just those two things, 130 of the 200 amps. So it goes relatively quickly. Now the rest of your stuff in your house doesn't really draw as much, but if you were to throw an electric heater and electric stove and maybe some water on demand, any of that stuff. So 200 is, is starting to feel in some cases, like kind of the minimum for an electrified home mm-hmm. in the United States anyways. Tom, do you feel like, um, now that you have, well, I mean, you've had it for a couple of years now, but two electric cars, do you feel like they're a little cheaper to own than your, the gas cars that you had previously? Yeah, I mean, for sure they are. I mean, especially like my, <laughs> my, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get my car serviced. I mean, that, that just doesn't happen. The only service that like, I can't even imagine the service that the cars would, would possibly need. So I think for sure my electric cars are cheaper. Why do you ask, Joel? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Is Robert? it because of this Consumer Reports article? It's because of Which... Consumer Reports, exactly. Oh, nice. They may not know anything about autopilot, Boom. but they do know about the cost of electric vehicles. And so here is an article that says a battery electric car is less expensive than a gas-powered car. They kind of fudge when it comes to like the combo hybrid cars that you pump gas into depending on how much you drive. But we're just going to stick to the clean EVs versus the dirty ICE cars. And so uh, they say that most popular EVs on the market under 50000 are typically, get this, <clears throat> 6000 to $10,000 less expensive to run than the best gas-powered vehicles in their class. That's pretty considerable. So all this time... What are the most popular EVs under $50,000? Is the Model 3 on uh, considered part of that? I think it probably is because it's available under $50,000. Well, $50,000 minus $5. And and that is definitely, you know, uh, a majority of the market of EVs. They said that the... Model 3, the best-selling EV on the market, delivered the biggest savings of at least $15,000 compared to both the BMW 330i and the Audi A4. And is this just on maintenance? Like, did they factor in the cost of insurance? Because I feel like the cost of insurance on an EV is a little bit higher in some cases, depending on who you are and maybe your driving record, because the cars are just themselves more expensive. But I don't know if that was... A factor. I, I can't remember if that was a factor in this article, and if it was just about maintenance, brakes, and and and, and stuff like fuel, that. Fuel, fuel, and fuel. And I wanted to ask you, gentlemen, how many miles do you have, Joel, on your Model S? Uh, it's about sixty, sixty-two. And how many times <laughs> have you had your brakes replaced? Um, let's see. One, carry the three, 
Zero. 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 I knew you were going. You were scared going for to a zero. second there. And, and yeah. Robert, and Robert, and and uh, Robert, how many miles do you have in your uh, car? Or your well, my model car, three. Your old car, I guess. Yeah, the old car, model. I can look up right now. Have you ever paid for brakes on a Tesla, Robert? I guess is a better question. No. So you guys have had two or four together, right? All to, uh, Correct. At yeah. least. Or Robert, you had more. I've had three Teslas. S and three for me, and Roberts had two S's and a three. Yeah, so the original S is a hundred, just over a hundred thousand miles. Never had the brakes changed, and uh, I think when it was in the ninety thousand mile range, it still had like thirty percent of the pads left. And uh, that, you know, definitely, you're not going to be paying for brakes. You'll pay for I some tires. Even use the brakes on my Model Three. Like I barely even touch. I coast into red lights and i it just angers me that i even have to push the brake pedal to stop those last two miles an hour but it can't be having any impact on the actual brake pad at that particular point i think the tesla autopilot phantom braking uses more brake pads than i do actually braking to be honest with you that's a great point i like that well they also Uh, note that um, used electric vehicles, battery electric vehicles without a gas port are, mm-hmm. uh, you're saving money because you're buying a used car and the expense of maintaining a car goes up over the years, right? So in the first three to five years, the expenses of any car, gas or electric are lower than they will be in the next five years, so if you're going to buy a used electric vehicle that is three years old or five years old versus an internal combustion engine car, the likelihood is that you're going to save even more on maintenance and fuel because as the ICE car gets older, it needs more and more and more upkeep and it's going to use more and more fuel because it becomes less efficient as the engine starts to wear out. I think it's Drew Baglino said um, Teslas right now are um, competitive with gas cars in their in their class. Um, but I've seen even police agencies, police departments picking uh, Model Threes and performance Model Threes and saying that they're going to make they're going to still save money based upon gas and maintenance. And uh, what was there was some ridiculous stat. Um, is that when you I think were in it was Dubai? on tires? Hmm? Is that no, when, not, when you were in Dubai? Because they also have Lamborghinis and Countach. No, no, no. Model Police. 3s. There's one in um, Rhode Island. Uh, there's one in, I believe, in Ohio. Um, it was like about three that all did it fairly recently and came up with um, just uh, the, the amount of maintenance that they're doing on their police cars. They know what it is. It's very regular and very un- well understood and they in one case they got a performance model three knowing that that they still would make their money on it or save money on it i guess so and and that's i think it's funny. only going to get better so that's that's the the good news there maybe it's a tesla for you or maybe it's another car but it's just amazing how little you worry about maintenance issues on on a on a tesla or even on a um other electric cars for sure but i will say you know as another segue out of this is 
you know, if you're not factoring the cost of autopilot into the cost of the vehicle, right? Because the cost of autopilot, uh, at least for me now, or the upgrade is now $7,000 as of yesterday. The, mm. the price was raised by Elon via Twitter. Thank you very much, Elon. To, to the point where the cost of upgrading my autopilot is about the cost of a used leaf, uh, which is a weird thing to compare it to, but like it's $7,000 now to upgrade autopilot. You want to know what has two thumbs and will now never have autopilot? <laughs> this guy. There's no way I will ever pay $7,000 for autopilot. It just won't. It will not happen, especially since I have a very early version of enhanced autopilot that has pretty much everything except driving on the streets. So I can get on the freeway and drive perfectly fine unless of phantom braking, which happens very, very rarely. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you guys think. Like, I don't really, I, you know, when we talked about this early on, this theoretical, we're going to keep raising the price of autopilot. We're going to keep raising the price. I'm starting to think that this is a terrible idea. Well, there was an article. For him article to continue I, to raise the price of autopilot. There's an article I put down in the auto autonomous driving section where Fred Lambert has this same, uh, he, he posts the same question. In fact, he relates Tesla's autopilot pricing and pricing, I should say, threats, that's my word, to a Kickstarter campaign where they say, hey, we have this amazing gadget that's going to miraculously change your life, but we haven't actually made it yet. Give us $500 and we'll give you the first ones that come out. That's a perfectly good point, dude, because here's the other part about it. They continue to raise the price on something that still isn't 100%. Like, it's never been 100%. It's never been complete. So all of these promises of what autopilot was going to cost literally have never, ever, ever once come to fruition, right? It was like, autopilot is this much money, and that's what you're going to pay for it, and now it doesn't that doesn't exist right it never existed for the people who paid for that now sure maybe they're going to do some upgrading certain certain cars are going to get upgrades based on the fact that they had already paid for it but that doesn't travel with the car so if those people are with the owner so if they sell those at least cars not and through tesla it, it's it's a question as to whether it will be it will travel if if i if i buy your car tom for example or one of your cars it'll it'll stay with the car but it won't stay. Oh. I will then have oh. to buy it again. Oh, I get you. I get you. Or, although you're right. There is some question as to whether or not they're going to actually turn it off for that person, which is even the worst possible thing you could do. If they started doing that, I will, I will, I will tell you this. I will literally talk about it on every single episode <laughs> of this show. The first person yeah. who sells their car and they get autopilot, They've paid for autopilot that A, never worked, and then it gets turned off for the next person to be able to buy that. I, I'm telling you guys, you will be like, can you please stop talking about this? And I will be like, no, I cannot. I have please, to Robert. excuse myself and go get some of my Tums because all I can okay. think about is my second Model S that I bought and mm -hmm. paid for right. uh, uh, autopilot and full self-driving. I paid the full $8,000 uh, amount and then the car was in an accident. It was totaled. And now what? I bought something I that I never got, or at least I didn't yeah. get the majority of it. Right. And I asked Tesla, I said, well, hey, you know, 
what happens now? And they're like, well, I don't know. And then I got a message. Did they say it like that? <laughs> yeah. Did I, I don't like, know. Like oh, I don't know. Who? And then oh, I got a message. Really there, I think it's I think the it's Tesla you, app. Go ahead. Finish. No, I'm sorry. I was I was just talking over you. <laughs> you were. Exactly. <laughs> and then I looked into my inbox. I looked into uh-huh. my inbox because my second Model S is still on my account. It just says, oh. what does it yeah. say? It says, uh, do you know what it will tell you where it is? It says, uh, <laughs> offline. Offline. Well, that's all it says. That's offline. But look at this. So but, look at this on so my Tesla look, app. Yes. You can now see the upgrade $7,000. This changed from 5000 which was already more than I was ever going to pay. To two thousand, and I believe to seven thousand. It was on Twitter. I tweeted at a uh, young master Elon to see if we could get another one of those uh, special two thousand dollar for a week kind of breaks. Like, hey, oh, we're going to do this one time. And I probably would have jumped the gun on that one, but it's now over. I'm telling you this: it is over. I am not spending seven thousand dollars on autopilot. I don't care what that thing does. It's not happening. And 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 still still no New York to LA drive, right? Still none of that. No, none of the stuff has happened. And this is like again, we love Tesla. Like, but this is just not cool. It's just not cool. It might well don't say that cuz that might be happening before the next show. But I was just going to say bet, I have like, one of these folks that has it will do it. I don't think it's actually that great of a test. But I think he should do it. But yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. Yeah, so I'm sitting here with a message that says, this was from October 23rd, two days after our last show. Now available, mm-hmm. your full self-driving computer retrofit. Oh, nice. Oh, for as your old car? owner, yeah, of my, of my middle Tesla Model S, the Ugh. 2017. As an owner with full self-driving capability, you're officially ready for your complimentary computer upgrade because it was a version 2.5 complimentary did you not pay five thousand dollars for that compliment <laughs> it's compliment with an e it it, it it goes nicely with the car it compliments the car yeah it says access our current full self-driving features including the latest mm-hmm. traffic light and stop sign control beta yeah. update which only went to like 20 people not me. So to arrange mm-hmm. your complimentary upgrade, schedule a new appointment. So what I want to do is I want to just stroll on in there and say, just give me the fucking thing. Just yeah. give it to me. You should. And then you should, like, I'm going sh- to ship it to one of the guys in Australia who I know is dying to have it, who is a well, fan what computer of the show. Is in your, what computer is in your Model 3? Do you have the latest computer the latest. in your Model 3? Yeah. Because he bought it. Yeah. Yeah. It was whatever. I got it in but, March. And on top of everything, according to Consumer Reports, Autopilot's not even as good as GM's Autopilot. What the hell's up with that? Yeah, that is $7,000 and that's it's not as good. It's not the best. Yeah, that's but an I interesting saw that video, story. Man, I saw the video. Did you mm-hmm. see the video? There's like a Twitter no. on Twitter. There's a video oh. of a guy. He's driving in one scene in a gm i think it was a cadillac and in the next scene in in a model three and he goes back and forth and it's no ways as good that i i don't know this is an n of one this is one person's opinion maybe he's skewed maybe he's just a tesla fanboy i'd have to look up exactly what i saw but for some reason i thought one of you guys sent it to me and so he's on the freeway and 
the it's like each time was it you Joel was you no each time the car has to like change lanes he mm-hmm. had to change the lanes then when he changed the lanes and he puts it in autopilot or whatever it's called magic pilot the car starts going back <laughs> and forth side super to side cruise. and super cruise until it finds its place in the lane so it's like it has to learn its spot each time it changes and it doesn't do any of the stuff that my autopilot does like merge to another freeway or something are you clapping <laughs> that's me raising my hand oh is that what that is yeah. nice Nice. No one cares on this show anymore, Joel. It doesn't it doesn't freaking matter. Go ahead, Joel, because I'm about to get very angry about this article and the headline. Okay. Of it. So please. So um Rob Mauer, Tesla Daily, really broke it down nicely. I forgot that I ha- I was a consumer reports um subscriber um and put some interesting um screenshots in our notes. Yeah. But there were five categories uh that consumer reports came up with. Um, to sort of grade the cars. Uh, the first one they, I really didn't like. <laughs> yeah, so there were five categories. Of the five categories, three of the categories had to do with driver attention. Okay, so they kind of put Which their bullshit. Right, right. They put their thumb. <laughs> they put their thumb on the scale just to <laughs> like make that. sure that. I mean, well, we don't know exactly, but they've always there's been this back and forth. With Tesla, since Tesla's had autopilot, uh, probably the first accident in autopilot, there's always been this back and forth about you know what the what what autopilot does. So of those five, three have to do with um, completely have to do with um, attention. So let's have a list of them here, or at least a couple of them, keeping the driver engaged. Yeah. I remember watching this guy. He's in, and he was literally looking at the car in the lane that he wanted to go into on a freeway, and, and it the thing him out disengaged. Of, right. Yeah. So like, clear when safety sitting. uses another category. Right. He had to be like this the whole time, yep. eyes open. He couldn't even be wearing his sunglasses. Which is what everybody's complaining about. The camera in the Model Three is like, oh, in order to see somebody's eyes behind the glass their glasses it needs to be an infrared camera well cruise has it the super cruise has the infrared camera and this guy's glasses completely blocked his eyes from being seen and even when his eye glasses were down and looking in the next lane he was getting dinged for being um unengaged so so let me go through the the three non-performance reasons for driver assistance and this doesn't even capture all of the driver assistance items that are really there I'm going to see if I can um, get the, I think it's a test director of Consumer Reports to sit down in an interview. I think I can do it. So let's see. If we want to have a, a dollar bet, Tom, with that look on your face, I'm going to wipe that <laughs> off. I have no doubt that you could do it. I, That's just damn impressive that you'd even consider it. No, so, I mean, you know I, I, want, I want to do it. I've uh, Actually, I've, I've heard um, him interviewed before. He's he's very um in, in fact when he was on um, CNBC I think it was he wasn't as emphatic as some of the headlines said but let's go I through would get the, him and Sandy Monroe in an yeah. interview together that'd be pretty amazing so I don't so, know I think I think before you do that Joel that yeah. <laughs> the we should have a vote because I don't know how comfortable Mel will be if you do that because it would make talking Tesla 
like more of a legitimate kind of source of information. And I think he just wants to keep it all bold. I know what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. Joel's going to get all these big time interviews and then he's going to get invited to all the Tesla <laughs> events. Yes, please. Without if, if you us. you have access? Without can, us. No, with can you. We, fly, can clearly. You, can you fly me too? <laughs> clearly we do not have any access but tesla loves to fly influencers all over the place and if you start they'll be like hey joel you want to come without those yahoo idiots um anywho let's let joel get into the meat of this because this is about to probably give me a little bit of an aneurysm so go right ahead okay so of the five the non-performance pieces was it clear to the driver when it was safe to use would it detect for an unresponsive driver and I can't lost the third one. Keeping the driver engaged. In keeping the driver engaged. Okay, so the the one question I'd have for Consumer Reports is, um, how do they separate these and make them very distinct, right? But those were the items that Cadillac did well on. Super Cruise did well, got a seven out of ten in keeping the driver engaged. They got top scores in clear when safe to use because. It's so limited um, for Super Cruise. <laughs> These are it only works on uh, HD mapped roads. You can't use it in you know um, many scenarios. Yeah, no streets, um, just yeah. highways and byways, or right? Whatever. And but how do how well does it work in the highways and byways? But yeah, I just I got I got to interrupt you, Joel. Yep, sure. The the reason that it did knee. Right. The reason that, that it did awesome in these other categories is because it did completely in the only category that matters, which is how does it freaking work? Right. Right. So like if something that you put out there doesn't work for you better damn well make sure the driver is engaged and paying attention as opposed to Tesla, which got a nine out of 10 in capabilities and performance. And I'll be honest with you, uh, you shouldn't. But I do all the time stop paying attention because I freaking trust the thing on the freeway because it freaking works. Yeah. So it's and like six of one, half dozen of the other. If you make a shitty product, you better make sure people are engaged. If you make a good product, people can be less engaged. Uh, it makes complete sense to me why this this happened. And ease of use, uh, it also got high, the highest scores as well. And honestly, I don't understand how it could be how it couldn't be any easier to use. <laughs> yeah, I don't and know how it got a seven out of 10. What do they want to have happen? Because that like, video, you um, that video say, like, was pretty crazy on what he had to do in order to engage Super Cruise. But anyway, th that's it's like, it's like, what did it get? What did the Cadillac got? Three out of 10. In fact, Every car except for Land Rover Driver Assist, which got six out of 10. Actually, I don't understand how I would love for you to. This is the first question for the Consumer Reports guy. How the F could they make it any easier than this? Doot, doot. Like, that's all you literally have to do is go. Doot, 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 and, and it's on. And you just have to look at the two symbols. Do they are they green? Did you engage both lane keep <laughs> yeah. and cruise control? Question mark. Yeah, that's it. Period. End of story. Like yeah. it, it, it like. They, would they have to, like, do you have to just think, oh, I wish I had turned autopilot on for it to be any easier to use? That's ridiculous, in my opinion. And if you think about it, how many people want uh, a camera in their car looking at them? So, yeah. well, I do because I'm a huge narcissist, but I mean, beyond that, look at not, me, look at me. Not, so not really. I threw in a product that, uh, that just came out that I just noticed on on Mark's website at RPM Tesla. I, you see the picture? It's a little thing you stick 
over the camera. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Of the autopilot, that's like a little uh, barn door that can go over the. Oh, you have that, Tom. That I can have it go, on all my computers. Yeah, do you have it on your car? I don't have it on my car, but I have it on my laptop and my computer and my iPads. And uh, the only thing I don't have it on are my phones because I have like I have Zoom on my all my machines. So like, yep, those me people, too. Those people can watch you. I'm not. I don't trust them. I keep yeah, them closed. Ooh, look at you, Mister Deep State. I got stuff going on. <laughs> hubba 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 so i don't so in whatever. your cadillac if you drop mm-hmm. one of these little barn door window covers or uh, mm-hmm. uh camera covers now what's going to yeah. happen the whole thing will probably just stop working hmm. so that'll make it that'll make it even easier to not use yes. something that doesn't work that's right if it doesn't even work so i agree but i'll be it's honest a- with you is it Worth seven thousand? Is it seven thousand dollars? How much do they charge for their non? That's a great question. What is the cost? Because right, what, what's Mattel? What is what is Tesla's current autopilot? Full full blown. Like right now, mine's seven thousand for the upgrade. But what is it if you go from zero? Is it eight thousand? Ten thousand? What's the actual price? Ten thousand today. Ridiculous. Ten thousand dollars for. Uh, I don't, I'm going to say this again. For something that does not currently uh, work, it works. But but would you would you pay well. for pay that if it did work? Like let's say it, you know, worked. I as personally well as, wouldn't. Right. I, like if it was completely, if it was like backseat autonomous. Yes. Because that's what we were promised, right? Yes. What we if it was backseat autonomous? What if it was? It, it, uh, yeah, oh yes, I see I'd, it. I, I, He's I would struggling. join. I would join the class action lawsuit against Tesla. Is what I would do at that point oh, to make sure. So I you wouldn't it. pay ten thousand dollars. No. Okay. I would not. So Super Cruise costs twenty five hundred dollars, and it also doesn't work. So twenty five hundred dollars for something that doesn't work versus ten. But I think it's an Apple's. I mean, it's not. So what's the the lower levels of autopilot? Like, can you buy, you still can buy that, right? So is that like 3000 I believe you can, but I don't think it hardly does anything anymore, yeah. really. Like my car, so this is the problem that I have with it, right? My car has auto summon. It has all of the enhanced autopilots because it wasn't until after I purchased my car that they removed all of those features. Right. So like now I'm being asked personally to still pay for the upgrade of 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 stuff that I already have, and that's what I think is most fair. And honestly, my biggest issue with it, Joel and and Robert, because you're here as well, is that when I bought my car, I was told that it would be a certain amount of money to upgrade it. I wasn't told oh, it yeah. would be a certain amount of money to upgrade it uh, for six months or for one month or for two years. I was told. It will be X amount of dollars. I have I have back and forth with Tesla. I have yet to have them send me a piece of text that shows that it was in their policy that they could raise the price on it after you purchased the car. Because I don't believe that part of this is fair. Sure, if you buy a car today and you go in eyes wide open, I'm totally fine with them charging whatever the hell they want to. That doesn't mean I'm buying it. But what I'm saying is on when I purchased my car, it was like this or this, and you will be able to upgrade for this amount of money, which was two thousand dollars at the time man and now it's seven so not even two years later 
personal uh, issues aside, is Tesla Autopilot, which does, I'm now looking at the Tesla website on a Model 3, you know, a base, 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 Model 3 is $37,990, so 38 mm -hmm. grand. It is $10,000 to buy Autopilot. That's yeah. ridiculous. Is That's ridiculous. Autopi is, is Tesla Autopilot four times better than Super Cruise? Is it Probably worth 10 it? times better, but what does that have to do with anything? Right. I don't know. I'm just thinking about the people who are considering buying a Tesla right now. And they say, if I, I have two people who've asked me, should I buy the autopilot? I say, well, it depends on what you're going to do with it. So I interviewed uh, last week um, or last weekend, Kim Paquette. And that also was a talk great show. What, what podcast was that that you interviewed Kim uh, on? It's part of the Talking Tesla family of uh, networks or something like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure. It's the Talking Tesla family of shows, Joel. Oh, family of shows. I, I knew I It's a I family kept, of shows. Okay. It's a network. It's a network. It's a network it's and like a family. A family. It's a family of shows that is on a network of other shows. So the one question that I didn't ask on air, uh, mm -hmm. as they say, uh, but I did ask her was uh, if she hadn't bought autopilot after having this experience that she's had driving around in uh, Rhode Island, testing out the car, would she pay the $10,000 for autopilot today or full self-driving? I think she got it for about 5000 uh, or so. And she said, most definitely. And I asked somebody else who I was going to interview as well, uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon E, like 913. I asked him as well because we were going to interview him as well. And he said, yes, he would definitely pay for it um, after his experience. So my question for them and anyone else is, would you pay for it twice? <laughs> or would you pay for it three times? <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, that's a good point, right? So what if you paid $10,000 for it today in your 2019, 2020 Model 3? Mm -hmm. And let's say two years from now, it still didn't work fully. It wasn't full self-driving. The, the, the cost, the price of the name of the product is FSD. FSD, full self-driving doesn't do that. I'm sorry. You can roll your eyes all you want, but it doesn't do that. It does a lot of great things, but it doesn't do what it's called. It's like, I'm buying Coca-Cola, but I get a Diet Coke. Like, it's not the same product. When you go to Quality Inn, is it really a quality hotel? No, but I get. I feel pissed off about <laughs> no. that too, Joel. Yeah. What do you want me to tell you? Hey, it's, <laughs> it's, part, it's the only marketing that he can do. I mean, I think the, the title of the... I didn't see Electrex podcast today and, or, you know, they have a, a YouTube cha channel as well. Definitely a lot of titles this week were very, um, uh, curt and very, very sharp in this one about uh, a Kickstarter for model, uh, for the autopilot is, is one of those. But in reality, Tom, we knew that this was a Kickstarter. Tesla has been a Kickstarter, um, in some ways, you know, starting from expensive cars going down to less expensive autopilot you, you knew you were buying you when, when people were when mel was buying it for example he knew that he was buying the future he wasn't buying now and he wasn't buying when he bought it in his first car and his second car 
but he you know he, he knew he was taking a chance do you think we act do you think did you actually think you were taking a chance robert or or joel did either one of you actually like here's here's my take on this right like maybe the first time maybe the first time right you thought it was not going to come or maybe you made assumptions that they were going to transfer it to whatever car you had. Like at some point you were going to get what you, how about this? You felt the first time you bought it at some point you were going to get what you freaking paid for. How about that? Let's just, let's just baseline it right there. Okay. And, and, and then like, okay, fool me once, shame on me, whatever. Like fool me twice. That I don't, I don't No, 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 no. Yeah, it's the other way that's around. A, that's it. Isn't I know. Fool me I, under, I understand okay. that. Yeah. Fool I'll me let you once, go, shame sorry. on you. Fool me twice. But it's like, at some point, like, doesn't Tesla, shouldn't Tesla, I, I will say this, shouldn't Tesla really take a step back and think about what they are doing to the people who have supported them, who have put their money on the line? It's not like there's some magical new cost to develop this software slash hardware that they didn't think was going to happen when they thought they were going down this path of full self-driving. First, it was like, oh, the cars are currently capable of doing full self-driving. They won't need a new computer. And then it's like, eh, it turns out they will need a new computer. He That's knew he needed a fault. new computer the whole time. I, I but, wasn't okay, on the show but, uh, because right, I would have, every time you said that, I was like, it's obvious. It's completely right, obvious. But 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 that's but okay. But that's another perfect example, dude. Like then 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 he was a snake oil salesman no. about this very specific aspect of of I, selling the car. Well, so should Tesla? Um, and I, I think it was Raj that asked the question uh, for the stake uh, for the shareholders uh, meeting about allowing. I think it was Raj, or maybe it was uh, Rob Mauer asked at the shareholders meeting that it be transferable. I completely agree. And I think that every Tesla fan should tweet at Elon and say, Hey, we, th we've been supporting Tesla. We should, this should be something that should be transferable. It, they do. He doesn't care. He doesn't listen no, via Twitter anyways. No, no, he doesn't listen. I, I, I think, um, I've seen him sort of say, okay, I give in to a couple things. I don't know if he will on this right now. The reason why FSD is, is coming out and wait right now, why the price went up is, they're, they they want to make sure that they make their goal this quarter, but so that they can realize some of the R and D yeah. deposits, yeah. right? But if they were making if they were making all these features, right, mm -hmm. and it was still two thousand dollars, it was still the price it was supposed to be when I bought my car, and now I'm thinking like, oh, they're much farther down the line with all of this stuff. I think it's time for me. They would realize my $2,000. They will never realize my $7,000. They will never realize any of that money. Are they also in their financials? Are they boosting their realize their unrealized numbers every time they raise the price of it? Or is my realized number still in their books at $2,000? Yeah, I don't know. Because every time they move autopilot up a notch, what I see is they don't realize as much of that money that they've collected as I expect they will. So I've found that kind of interesting. But at the same point, I don't know how big of a boost Elon's uh, uh, in, or, or Tesla is envisioning this new beta version because it is really quite remarkably better than what they've had out so far. But in conclusion, one thing I can tell you 
that is the best advice, and I can say this because I've lived it twice. Oh, I think you've gone mute, Joel. No, I'm fine. I, I oh. was mouthing that I can't oh. believe we're already one hour and 20 minutes in. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's you all can. your fault. And so <laughs> what I was saying is that the one solid piece of advice I can give you about autopilot is if you're thinking of buying it, don't. Buy Tesla stock instead. Because I just look back to uh, February 26th when I bought, put the money out for my new Tesla. Autopilot cost me, I should say no, full self-driving. Let me reframe. I Autopilot was, quote, included, but full self-driving was an extra $7,000. And at that point, at the, at the current post-split price, Tesla stock was $156 a share, give or take. And today, it's 388 a share, which is down. And we don't even have to bother Siri to tell us. But if I would have put that seven grand into autopilot, I'm sorry, that seven grand that I had put into full self-driving into Tesla stock today, it'd be worth $17,410. And I would have made over 10 grand. Wait, so I think that's higher. Did you include the 5X? Yeah. The split? Yeah. Okay. And, and 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 here's the other part about this, right? That's happening right now. Before in the Twitter last week, when he said it's going up on Thursday, and we really we should stop talking. Hold on, this is a this is actually pretty. This irritated the crap out of me, to be honest with you. You he they froze the price of autopilot for the Cybertruck if you put a deposit on it before Thursday. So if you put a deposit down and made your choice in that deposit that you were going to buy full self-driving, they froze it at whatever it was, $7,000. And now people who have actually put money down on vehicles like and, and bought cars are paying more than that. That, that in and of itself is ridiculous in my opinion. So you had other, you had people putting a hundred dollars down on a cyber truck to, to lock in the cost of full self-driving on yet another vehicle that doesn't even exist there's not even a factory to build that vehicle and and it will come out i get it like i'm being i'm very irritated by this yeah. because i think it's very unfair yeah i mean it's your comments are coming from uh someone that's had two teslas and is um you know i i i understand your frustration so um i think that it would be worth it at some point but you know, I can see for each person, it's going to be a different a different choice. But you you buy a car for thirty five thousand dollars, and an and there's a ten thousand dollar option, bro. Like, come on. Um, <laughs> no, well, yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, <laughs> I, I sort of see it as um, I probably would have one less car at some point. That's how I see it, and so then. You know, it, 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 I don't know if I would do the te the the network and things like that. I think he's going to come up with a a pricing strategy in some point in the future. Oh, and I think also there'll be a discount Q one, the end of Q one. He'll have a he'll have some sort of discount to get more people on FSD. Yeah, it'll go down to five, right? No, no, I like a couple couple thousand something like that. All right, I'm telling you right now, if if Elon Sorry. If it goes to two, the next time it goes to two, and I've said a thousand times on this show that I'm not going to buy it, the next time it goes to two, which is what I was told it would be, I will buy it. Okay. All right. How long is it going to be until we see someone? I realize that 
Local laws will make this legal or unlegal, but how long until we have someone have their car go pick someone up who gets in the back seat without anybody sitting in the driver's seat and drive them, I don't know, a quarter of a mile? I don't know what to... I still think it's more than three years. Wow. No, no, you're saying um, legally? You're, you're Not, saying no, illegally. Illegally. Like some... Like, or murky. You know, whatever. It's, it's sort of... Not legal. A year How and a long? half. A year and a half. A year and a half. Maybe a year. Wow. I mean, I mean it's, that it's that long in your opinion. Because I was going to say I saw a Waymo. Months. I saw Waymo, um, a couple Waymo th- things. No, I'm talking about Model 3 or Y. No, 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 no. I, no, okay. I, I know. And I'm saying that... I think there's just a little bit of connecting the dots to picking somebody up. There's definitely more learning that these have to do, but these are, it looked a lot closer to me. Now I'm completely biased, but it looked a lot closer to me than um, to the what Waymo is doing. And they're 100% mapped um, in the this one town in Arizona right. and in all I'm these other... Talking, I'm not yeah, talking like I, geofenced. I'm talking just wherever... Yeah. Do you have autopilot in your car, Joel? One. I bought it the day um, Elon, I I took delivery the day Elon um, announced AP2. Is it upgradable? Nope. How much would you pay if it was? Uh, I'd pay that. I'd pay that. $7,000? 10. Wow. I mean, because then, because I don't, here's... Well, well, <laughs> today you would pay $10,000 for what autopilot? Well, is today. no, well, actually no, I I wouldn't because I'm finishing I'm finished I just made the last payment of my lease. But if I, <laughs> I um if I were keeping that the car then yes I would. Um See, there because you go, I, I think the car is getting, perfectly Joel? fine. Somebody buried way. the lead over there. Wait a minute. Hmm? Hold there you on go, a Tom. Now you're, and gentlemen. This is the Ladies proof. Ladies and gentlemen, you're Joel stuck. Sapp here. You're stuck Joel with Sapp, us. you. I've just made your last uh, Tesla payment on your 2016 Model S. Uh, what's the plan, my friend? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, I, do not, <laughs> I do not know. Um, so uh, I think it's a Y. Well, we do have a reservation on a Y and uh, um, Cybertruck. So... Uh, that's the the big question, but this kind of want to see what the seven seater looks like. That was the reservation. A lot of people are mad about the seven seater also not being available and the price of autopilot going up. People are very upset about that. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I probably will do it, you know, based on finances and the economy and things like that. I probably would not get it right now, but I want it. Um, and we just have to sort of see how that works out. So um, you have an opportunity. Well, here, here I'm gonna I'm gonna put the the needle to the haystack, the rubber to the road. You have a 2016 Model S with the lease payments now up, and my guess is you have the opportunity to buy out the rest of that car, so you could keep the 2016 Model S and and sort of wait your turn until the Cybertruck comes out, and then later on make the decision Cybertruck to Y, or you could return your s so first question keeping or returning your s as of right now uh it's returning okay uh, so now you have the buyback cost is too is too high i could get you know less miles i think for you know a slightly newer car um Mm -hmm. because honestly a slightly newer car is ap2 
Right. So would you, so now the other question is, do you, is there an opportunity for you to keep or to buy a used S with AP2 already as part of the price directly from Tesla? Will you do that? Well, my, um, my neighbor. It's harder when it's you answering these questions, no, isn't it, Joel? No, I, I, I do have a, I, I do have two <laughs> things that I want. So my okay. neighbor, um, when I bought the, when I got the S, she got mm -hmm. a X. And now she's um, looking to get, she's kind of interested in a Y, but probably won't get it until the summertime. Mm -hmm. So, um, but she has AP2 mm -hmm. um, and the X is, I would take an older X with AP2. So. Um, with killer doors, don't forget the killer yes, doors. Yes, killer doors. She's gotten, they've all gotten banged um, <laughs> by those. So the order would probably be the Model X. Um, Ooh. Uh, and then... Unexpected. A Y. Okay. I uh, like just because I think my wife doesn't really like the uh, the um, Cybertruck, but my kids like the Cybertruck, so... Okay, so what do you... And you have another car, correct? You, do, you have a non-electric vehicle as well, is that correct? So the question, rubber hits the road. When do you have to return your lease? Uh, it's uh, almost... A, it's about a month from now. Okay, so you need to buy a car, or do you not need to buy a car? I'm working from home. I don't expect mm. to work, uh, work from... I have, I have, I have options. So, I, I so you'll have you. no, you will, you're about to have no Tesla for the next six months. I am going to guess. You're I'm off the show. Six, off the show. No, six you're not to, off the six show. Six to eight That's months. Ridiculous. It could be, it could be six to eight. Six to eight months. Interesting. Wow. I mean, because if, if you Damn. go the, well, I'm not. This is so yeah, awesome. This is painful. I'm loving every minute of this. This is great. This is so good because it's usually here's, Mel, but now it's you. Here's the thing: is that I love I love the why, um, uh -huh. and I, I I'm, I'm it pains me to say this, but I kind of want to wait for the newer batteries. I, I feel like I got screwed. I feel like I got screwed when I bought the um, bought the S a day late, a day early, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. right. And, and cause you did, cause I did. And honestly, so, so <laughs> if I don't even know if you guys remember this, but I, it's clearly to me, it's clear to me, he was announcing, um, something big on a Tuesday. I was taking, I was taking delivery on a Tuesday. Yeah. They called me and said, Hey, is everything all set? I said, Oh, I need to wait. Can we wait till Thursday? They said, okay, yep. Come in on Thursday. Elon hears that and says, um, <laughs> let's postpone until Thursday. <laughs> right. And I call and I say, hey, you know, oh, so I need to painful. wait another day. And they say, well, you, you could lose your deposit or, or something like that. I don't even know. And I just came in. Oh, hindsight. Okay. So the deposit was $1,000, right? Or was it $2,500? I think it was twenty five. dollars I mean, even $2, still. $2,500 you could have, should have waited. Yeah. Why didn't you wait, actually? Why don't you just call their bluff, man? Yeah. Just be like, take my, take my deposit. Yeah, because it wasn't, um, I, I ordered it at the end of a quarter that it was one of the last profitable quarters before this, right. this run. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but I was actually taking delivery, um, in the, in the new quarter. So it didn't even affect the quarter's sales or anything. So, um, mm -hmm. not like <sighs> you should really think about that except for the fact that I'm a geek, um, and yeah. Tesla fan. So, but when do you think the new battery is going to be in, in a Y? Oh, it's going to be, I think while. it's eight months. Well, actually, I don't know. Come on. I don't know.
Come on now, Joel. Let's give me a real answer. Eight months. Uh, they don't even have a factory they're building. They're still building this in their beta factory. They're, they're um, yeah. I, yeah, I and their beta so. factory cannot supply Texas. Right. That's and just for Fremont. prototypes, right? That's just going to be for testing. They, for well, sure, what they right? said was um, that they wouldn't need to rely on Cato Road uh, to satisfy production demands. Well, it doesn't you know, mean this is, it doesn't mean that they won't actually get it. It just means that they won't rely on it. This is and, a perfect segue to the story. <laughs> that, I'm not sure I'm done with this yet, to be honest with please, you. Please, please go. Back to it, but I like the segue, and we're at an hour and forty minutes. So, under autonomous, right. let's see, under batteries, Whatever. the mm-hmm. uh, third story is Tesla's 4680 tabless cells are curiously similar to LG Chem's, quote, new form factor batteries. Is anybody surprised by this? No. But there's got to be patents, even though Tesla has said, and I don't know how to interpret this, that their patents are open, they won't go after people, as long as the patents are being used to advance electric transportation. So, like, Mm -hmm. Tesla hasn't even begun to sell anything with these batteries in it and lg chem is scooping in with a battery that looks surprisingly like a 4680 battery is that battery also tabless joel no i don't think it is i I, that's my that's my guess but um i i don't think you can patent a, a form factor um and uh well yeah so panasonic and i think lg also said as well so yeah, we moved down. You you left for a minute, Joel, but we moved down to the battery story about Tesla's forty six eighty batteries uh, being curiously similar to LG Chem's new form factor batteries. I think so you can you, put you that can in scroll there. down a bit, and that's kind of where we are now. We've decided to skip over all that other stuff because that's a good idea. We're so chatty, and I'm still we still didn't get a freaking answer out of you about what car you're going to buy in six days. Well, we got to draw this out for six months or. I guess that's I don't know true. What it is. I didn't. You know what? That's a good point. I'll ask you again next week. <laughs> so, Thank you so much. So my dog was scraping on my studio door, um, mm-hmm. which is also my bedroom door. Yeah, and no, that's all. So, it's all good. It is eleven o'clock. Uh, yeah, she so wanted to come in. Time, so eleven forty-eight actually. So, um, yeah. oh, so sorry. not only LG but actually Panasonic this week as well said that they uh, the day that Tesla announced the forty-six eighties, they started. Uh, prototyping the 4680 design. Now, I don't completely believe that, but I think the, uh, Tesla, I think it was an April-ish time period, had a new agreement with Panasonic, and I believe that's when they told Panasonic about 4680s, and I believe that Panasonic will be producing 4680s for them, but it won't necessarily have all the same chemistry. Will it be in Giga, or will it be in Japan? Uh, I bet it'll be a Giga, uh, but right. that's a that's only a bet. That's just I have no to idea. Me that feels like feels normal. Like Panasonic would be part of that new battery mode. LG is a little bit of an outlier in this particular case because they're not truly a partner with Tesla. Although I believe. Tesla is going to be a partner with anybody who's willing to make a battery mm-hmm. at, at, either with or without their, at, with their chemistry in their form factor. Well, so there is a story from inside 
EVs conveniently placed below the 4680 mm. story. We talked about this, didn't we? Oh, no, maybe we did. We it, just it was just glanced. like we, yeah, we glanced on it. Exactly. Yeah, the title is Tesla is willing to buy stake in LG Energy Solutions September 28th. Which is like, but but then the, the, the part, this is what we were talking about, like LG Energy Solutions was about to like uh, potentially dump off their battery division into its own company. And my question was, yes. is a 10% stake in LG Energy Solution Tesla buying completely LG's battery division? You know, like that's, that's kind of was my question about like, what is the percentage of LG, uh. the big company in terms of what the, what the battery company is worth? Cause that's what I thought was going to happen was like 10% stake. They get the entire spin off and that makes complete and total sense. That's a great question, Tom. Right. I, Thank you. I'm, I'm pretty good at this. I remember I'm you asked that question. And I was like, what are you saying? But <laughs> now a week later, you make a lot more sense. <laughs> so that that's a good question i mean because they're a big company and they do a lot of other things other than batteries yeah so they do a ton of things I, right I, tvs everything right so this week as well um they announced a 10 to 12 billion dollar capital uh, sort of commitment lg did or no tesla, tesla did. did uh and okay. so i believe that some of this some of that money may be going to the LG investment, if they're gonna if they're gonna do that, maybe it comes from somewhere else. It could be like a stock exchange, but I, I think that they are serious, and um, it it could may it may very well be just to get priority on battery purchases, just sort of like Apple did, where they would pay people in cash, and I think they still kind of do that. Is a pay, pay suppliers in cash and say, hey, we just want to be your first. Uh, we want to be the first person that you deliver to. And that may be the case too, is that you just got to show the money and maybe you even are a, you know, part owner. And uh, so we'll have to see this. Is, this is definitely a developing story. It's very exciting. And I think that, again, this is another one of those tipping point moments when Tesla has been, you know, battery constrained from what the beginning Essentially, I mean, I think maybe in the first few, like the first nine months of Tesla being in Fremont, they might have had enough batteries because they, they did. probably felt they were battery constrained at that point, too. I would imagine. I don't like know. They I probably mean, they were felt still like if we could get cars because people were still waiting a long time for S's right in the beginning as well. So I think there was and I don't know how much of that was of the car or the battery like that. That was sort of chicken in the egg kind of. And aspect. they were also doing more build to, you know, more custom build things. Right. For a while. Bespoke, more yeah. bespoke. Yeah. Purple. Because mine was custom and... for sure. But then they started going to just sort of guessing what people might want and, and then matching that with what you what you ordered. Yeah, but now we've got another one of these tipping points where Tesla has said, we will buy everything. They're not going to pay crazy prices. They're probably going to make it so that it's not a big margin, but it's enough to push people to produce a f ton of batteries so now lg like i said is going to triple their 4680 production and catl in china are going to produce a ton of batteries panasonic mm -hmm. now we're hearing and so you know how long until there's a glut of batteries i don't know if there ever will be but 
this is a great sign. This means that Model Y, I mean, like, it used to be, yeah, when the 3s first came out, like when you and Tom and Mel bought your 3s, they just, like, started trickling out, and then all of a sudden I started seeing more Model 3s than Model S's. Wow, that's crazy. I'm already seeing more Ys than I'm seeing Model 3s. It's, and it's going to get worse. It's going to get nuts. Better, yeah. worse, whatever the whatever it yeah. is. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and and they're good looking. They're so good looking. They uh, they look they great. They are. But your wife doesn't like the look. No, no. Uh, the Cybertruck. Oh, and that's good. Thanks, Tom, for for you got me really worried. I looked at my Cybertruck order, and I had already committed to full self driving. So. Whew. Saved a few thousand dollars there. Tom, did you, what did you reserve? Did you reserve a cyber, cyber truck? I have no current reservations. Oh, because I know you like to truck. Oh, truck. Um, you like Overland? Is that what the kids call it these days? That is correct, uh, yes. Yeah. So, yes, I do like the Overland. And, and and I'll be honest, like my friend who I Overland with has a reservation on a Cybertruck and a reservation on the Hummer, the new Hummer, which is like we didn't get a chance to talk about very much in detail, I don't I don't believe. Uh but uh, the reason but that I don't could. have a reserve <laughs> the reason that I don't have a reservation about it on it is because like all of this reservation thing, like that only means you get the first ones and are those necessarily the ones that you want? I think the answer to that as it pertains to the Cybertruck, I don't think I want a Cybertruck until year two, two, maybe of production, especially when you consider new battery, new factory, new form factor, probably new motors. And I, you know, I'm not sure it didn't feel like initially, maybe I got this backwards that they were putting out the most expensive Cybertruck first, like the three motor was yes. going to come later in the in the series. That was the initial, but it's now not. Um, and I think it was based on. I actually don't know why they they still didn't do it that way. It just helps them, but they are building the more expensive ones first, the Tri and the Long Range um, first. I bet they're going to use something similar to their their three their three motors, Model Three motors. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I know people are nervous about the new batteries, but the they've been working on batteries probably for for eight years, and there's really good ways to test them in a short amount of time to know that they're going to work well as well. So yeah, in fact, there's I'm a, not too concerned about it. Jeff Don, who's the battery guy, right? He's the the Nova Scotia battery professor at at uh, Dalhousie University. Dalhouse, right. Dalhouse University. Um, did you put this article in here, Joe? Uh, I don't know which one you're on. I'm, I'm lost. Tesla research chief. I'm new Jeff here. Jeff Don says, yeah, dude, what are you doing? Why are you million, going back and forth and up and down this, this two freaking million document, mile dude? battery like, possible and needed for vehicle to grid, which I thought was a very exciting article. Right. But that, but again, like, so that, doesn't make it a 2 million mile battery that makes it an x amount of cycle battery and i really wish they would like it's, make that clear it's too to nerdy people. though tom i mean yes that that's 100% true yes the facts are always nerdy joel like well, wear a mask super nerdy what do you want like what are you talking about that's why this show exists because we're supposed to take these freaking articles and people say things like 2 million and we're supposed to let the people know what matters and and right. now that you're on the show uh, even more so, what the hell, Joel? 
what's the cycle importance? Come on. Yeah, I mean, me yeah, there. you're right. Uh, cycle is extremely important. I think it just, it's too, it, the number seems like it's too much in the weeds, but you're right. Because if you only have a 200 mile, if you have a 200 mile car versus a 400 mile car, one can get you, you know, with 5,000 cycles, one can get you a million miles and one can't. And so, yes, I do agree. Uh, so another good point by Tom. <laughs> I'll give it to you now. <laughs> Instead of in two weeks. So, that's nice. so he yeah. said, he says essentially that the technology is now uh, that you can do this. And it has a lot to do with how you should, if you own an electric car now, how you should charge your car. And essentially is if you keep your car uh, within uh, the 80 to 20%, you can get um, a tremendous amount of cycle life, which is essentially your battery life. And if you keep it in that range and don't worry about it, you're going to be, you're going to have a long lived car. And that's essentially what I think he said, he said 60 to 60 to 20, something like that. I always like to see uh, numbers in the 200s when I'm charging. So it's not exactly 60 to to 20 for me but do you only charge like at, when you charge do you limit your charging so you're not going to 80 like i go basically to the not the to the line of trip in the car right which i assume like oh anyways, right right yeah. usually, usually my car when i'm done charging it is right around 260 to 280 which is much not oh, yeah, it's great. probably closer to 90 i imagine and not 80 like because my car i think is about 308 oh yeah so, so I, I took delivery. Mine was a, it's a, a 90, uh, 90D and it was the hundred percent charge was two ninety nine. I might've seen 300 a couple times, mm -hmm. but, uh, I think that the charge that I do is somewhere around two fifty two forty something like that. But yeah. that doesn't so right I mean, in that ballpark. Yeah, Cause I, you know what? I just get into a habit of just plugging it in anyway. So I, I might as well just. Um, right. go lower and keep it in a smaller range we're, we're not going anywhere these days so the car sometimes just sits there right right and i and i and it's and i very rarely let it go like below 40 50 miles i mean it happened i think it's happened once in the last year and it was like at four miles it was very terrifying i'm not gonna lie uh, so I think that's that's great and i and i do like the only reason i say like two million miles doesn't matter because you can't drive any car for two million miles like it be at least a nor like you could do in a taxi it makes sense right because a taxi is going to do two or three or four hundred thousand miles a year potentially and and in three years it's going to get close to that two million miles so for that very specific use case or like test loop or whatever whatever mm -hmm. it was like Those a commercial guys. use of the vehicle right otherwise your car is going to smell the seats are going to degrade like everything bad is going to happen to your vehicle in two million miles because you're talking about if you're talking about fifty thousand miles a year that's that's 20 years right yeah but you tom may not be the yes. person to drive it two million miles what happens to the cars that have been sold here in the united states once twice three times now they're getting to the point where the seats are kind of squeaky and you know things are falling off there's discoloration of the plastics inside they just don't look so hot they're out of fashion they get put on a big boat and they get shipped to south america and to asia and to africa and these cars get repurposed in the Kabir there. Caribbean. yeah 
And so now the infrastructure for electric cars will hopefully reach them much like cell phones have taken over for wired phones. And in seven to 10 years, these cars that still have a million miles on them or a million and a half miles on them could revolutionize the developing world. So I wouldn't poo-poo it so point. much. That's a that's an excellent point, Robert. I will give you that one. Very nicely done. <laughs> excellent. M- maybe in Cuba in like uh, 2090, we'll, there'll they'll be people driving um, 2012 Model S's and they, they're in like mint condition and they look perfect and, you know, like like some of the old cars in, in Cuba. But yeah, I mean, that's somehow, sometimes that's how it happens. Um, will though, will it happen in India though? Mm. So what car, well, let, before we go, and that's an excellent segue, but before we go from this, what car will we first see with, the, is the new form factor battery a 2 million mile battery? A one mil, are we going to see a million mile or a 2 million mile battery from Tesla or somebody else? What did this, this article was about? Was it about theoretics based on what? Well, it was in, it was a lab it was a lab um, study, but it was with traditional chemistries or fairly well-known chemistries that have been out for a bit. Mm-hmm. I think where we'll see this 15,000 cycle battery is is in storage. And I think they'll, they'll sort of tune batteries or tune car batteries for, you know, right around a, mil- a million miles, maybe a little less. As Elon said, the the motors were rated for a million and but we don't know about the other parts of the of the vehicle but we do know that he's promised in the semi that it will it will get to right around a million miles as well so i think that's where where those that's probably the vehicle um probably they're probably their robo taxis at some point as well but all these things make it so that you need to build less cars and less cars on the road is uh is not a bad thing um right that is not a bad thing but what i would say to you is how about this particular series this particular situation you buy a car it's got a million mile battery mm-hmm. you drive four hundred and fifty thousand miles and the car is basically threadbare but you know but they haven't really changed the form factor of the three right it's my we're talking about my three specifically right right and in twenty twenty eight 2028 so that'll make it 10 years old it's got 400 and i don't know 400,000 350 i don't know put put a number out there 400,000 miles i go to tesla and i'm like hey can i have a new one of these just put my old battery in it and my old battery's still working fine i've been taking really good care of it uh can i have that car for $20,000 can you just drop a new chassis on top of my old battery no, tom is because- a congenital optimist yeah, Tom, <laughs> that battery is so much, it's such a small portion of the value of the car. They're going to say, no, just scrap your car, give it to, um, what's his name? The guy the guy who used to be number two in, at Tesla, who's now recycling oh, JB batteries. JB Straubel. JB. Just give it to JB and JB's going to recycle it because we're, uh, we don't even want to use your old batteries because we have this whole new architecture you're not going to be able to charge 
because you don't have the other infrastructure in your car to pass through the charge so fast. With these new batteries, you're going to need so to So now re- you're telling retrofit. me that South America, South America, where all these old Tesla with 2 million miles are going to go, is going to be have to build this standard that we currently have and no. they're going to be, be no. always behind. They'll, they'll have the, hmm. the, the latest charging network, but the cars just won't be able to charge at that rate because you're buying a used Tesla for $12,000 and not a new Tesla for $60,000. Well, hopefully there's real factories in Central and South America as well um, that gear no. tor- more towards that. But um, right. I think for me, Tom, if I was in that situation, I, I know I would get new seats um if those were threadbare or whatever you said and and get it the internals fixed up because i could use it i could continue to use it or maybe if it's if i did buy fsd then i would get the seats cleaned up and then drive it or have it drive itself around for a while yeah can you buy seats can you get oh yeah can yeah you buy tesla seats yeah you yeah. can um so uh there's somebody that I know. It was such a cool story in some ways. I, I was in. I went to this Seven um, Eleven in Boston somewhere and walked in to buy whatever I was going to buy. And I saw a guy in a boring hat, and I was like, "Hey, nice hat!" And he sort of said, "Yeah, hey," you know. And we started talking. And he was. Um, he tweeted something to Elon that Elon replied back on. And then he said he knew me from something that I had tweeted to. Oh, it was about um, uh, battery. One of the battery days, in that Elon read on um, 2018, 2017 shareholders meeting, and just completely random sort of see somebody like that. And I have no idea why. Oh, the reason why I brought up that story is that he asked Elon about wine colored seats, and Elon said, "Yes, we'll we'll do wine colored seats." But you can get seats wrapped. Uh, Kim uh, at like Tesla, but I think it's called. Her it changed to like I'm Kim Java, something like that, or Kim Java show. She actually had uh, seats wrapped from one of the Tesla third party places that does some of that stuff. I think we should have a Kickstarter so that Tom can have leopard colored seats. I'm going to put that up there. We're going to get Tom some leopard no, let these colored. these people buy me freaking autopilot, man. I don't need seats. I don't feel so <laughs> but, So anyway, That's the ridiculous. point is, is that you can buy, um, you know, ventilated okay. seats that look just like from the factory. I've had a friend who wanted a particular kind of seats and they didn't have it um, for another kind of car. And the, the dealership actually got a third party to put th- those seats on and it looked just like third-party seats he didn't have to pay for it i don't know how much they cost it maybe yeah maybe it's a little expensive but it costs less than buying a new car i guess that's a point yeah you maybe a little bit so more much, environmental right so much cool mm-hmm. like into your car mm-hmm. i like that i just like yeah it's a million yeah if they're good if the car can last i mean i'll try I, I i could literally see myself driving my model three for the next 20 years easily but at some point my, I, my guess is I'm going to need new carpet. I'm going to need new seats. I might need a new dashboard. It's definitely going to need to be washed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one time, whether it needs it or not. One time. Just one freaking time. Yes, one one time. Uh, all right. What do we want to talk about next, gentlemen? We should move on. Well, I think uh, superchargers are very important. Oh, and I, I have a, an ancillary story about 
something Tesla related as well. So this will be a very exciting 15 minutes. And ancillatory. Oh my God. The words you're bringing are just... That one one was pretty good, right? Yeah. So how many new superchargers, gentlemen, before I fill in the number on the show notes that we're all looking at? What do you think? 17. Joel? I'd say 10. Well, there you go, man. The math wins. 11. We have 11 oh, new superchargers yes. since we did our Nicely. last show Where's on my money? January 21st. <laughs> so that's only nine days. Nine days. 11 superchargers. That's a lot in nine days. We have eight in construction, four permitted, including one in Houston at the Galleria. We have uh, Delaware, Pittsburgh, South Carolina, Illinois, Connecticut, Washington, and... Ontario, Canada, Hong Kong, Slovenia, Spain got two there. This week is different than the last show when we had almost everything in the United States, a bunch in California. So it's nice to see the supercharger team getting stuff done. How about Granada Hills? What do you think, Tom? How about Granada Hills? So there's a big supercharger going in there. I've oh, got, really? Yeah, yeah I got to check that one out. One of, the, one of the members of the LA Tesla Owners Club sent out a picture to us that was pretty exciting. They've got all these superchargers, sort of like the base of the bollards, all installed and a bunch of fencing and some construction equipment. And evidently, after they finish that one, which should be by the next show, um, then they're going to move on to San Diego to install one down there. We should uh, we should go check that out before the next show. Are they building a little Tesla lounge that no one can go into because of uh, coronavirus? No, I don't know. What's up with uh, Kettleman City? Is it all closed off? I have no idea. I, I would imagine hope not. That it's pretty 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 closed up. But who knows? I mean, people are people are everywhere. No one cares anymore. Where's Robert Kettleman anyway. City? It's between Los Angeles and San Francisco. It's the fifty stall supercharger station that had a line of twenty plus cars around it. On, I think it was was it Labor Day. I think it was Is that Labor East Day. Joel of, keeping us East of Joel Holland? keeping us honest about like where the hell are you talking? <laughs> yeah, about? Like, there's three guys all in California. I'm like, I have no idea where Sausalito <laughs> hey, is. You ever heard? Whatever. You ever heard of uh, GTS, Joel? GTS. You know what that stands for? Get the no Google Google that. Oh, okay, man, yes. <laughs> it's not like. Like, when's the last time you asked your buddy a question and, and you were like, I don't know, and you just went 10 hours without knowing the answer to that no. question? Yeah, it, so. it never happens. But here's the deal. Right. is So so add in, like, oh, it's just south of Los Angeles. It's just north okay. of San Francisco. Yeah. You know, for... All right. It's north of Los Angeles, and uh, there's Kettleman there. You can get kettle corn. Mm. You can do <laughs> kettle racing. You can buy, you can buy kettle uh, balls. Amazing. Is that where the, you is can that where they invented kettle it? balls? Yeah, it's where they all the kettle balls. Kettles there. Kettle yes, density, they. Yeah. You can buy a, a copper kettle to make kettle corn at your local uh, farmers market if uh, it's open. Uh, but but the interesting thing about this is, do you gentlemen know currently how many worldwide service centers Tesla has? Because this story was sent to me by my friend Paul Jordan. I didn't add it to the thing, but I think this is an interesting uh, thing, and you guys will be interested in this, and I think Tesla owners around the world will be interested in this. So how many service centers do you gentlemen believe there are? And no Googling that. 215. Um, Ooh, that is not close. 320. No. 
466 Whoa. operational service centers. But Tesla has announced in 2021, they're going to attempt to open one new service center per week. 52 new service centers, which would be an 11.6% increase in the overall number of service centers. That, my friend, is all the math you will get today. But that's pretty impressive, right? So service centers are, are a big deal for people who have cars and 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 obviously those cars are being more widely distributed and to be able to get body work done and tires and all that stuff. Yes, Joel. Oh yeah. No, I didn't want to interrupt your your great um factoid there. You're that good. was great. Yeah. Um Thank you. I wanted to add in. I'm going to share this. I'm going to try to do this one time with you guys. See if you see oh, this. Here we go. Uh, I do see you. Oh, look at that. So, um, and uh, since we're talking about service centers and EV charging stations, uh, Tesla mackerel. is going in an article by Tesla Roddy. We love those folks. Um, <laughs> Tesla uh, Gigafactory filings reveal over Berlin. six. Yeah. Um, what did I say? Giga? You said Gigafactory. Oh, Tesla Berlin, to... Berlin factory um, plans for over 600 EV charging stations on site. So I, I, I wonder if that's something that uh, customers are going to have access to, or is it just for all the cars are going to have? It says well, this it is interesting because include... the first the the first thing it says uh, revealing the plans for a setup of 600 electric car charging stations in the site. Based on the filings, it appears that the charging spots, which include eight superchargers, will be allotted for Berlin employees, which will it will employ up to 12,000 employees, but they're not going to all be superchargers. So my guess is they're putting in regular trickle chargers, which is really smart if you're doing a 10-hour shift, an eight-hour shift, and it's for employees. That's uh, pretty darn impressive and we do know that germany is one of those countries that has you know started the ball rolling on the outlawing of the ice uh vehicle mm -hmm. uh, i don't remember what their date is but i think it was something like 2030 potentially where they weren't going to be able to sell maybe 2040 i, I think the ball keeps moving in a lot of places which right. is awesome but I think, you know, what it's going to take to do that in a country as big as Germany is something like this. Because if you have 615, like, level one charging station, or is that level one? Yes, level one charging station. Like, the, it's basically a home charger, like a 40-amp charger. You can get two or three cars in a 10-hour shift to get enough juice, right? They can rotate the cars, which is what they do in a lot of... Uh, Level two chargers, thank you. This is what they um, do at SpaceX, right? Across right, this is what they do at SpaceX. SpaceX. This is what they do at Mattel. At most companies, like they have a spreadsheet where you sign up for your four-hour slot, and they can get like three-hour, three cars charged in the same amount of infrastructure. So this is amazing. This is a great story, Joel. So I, I, Germany, I outlawed, Germany outlawed uh, combustion vehicles in 2030. So they have eight I was right. years. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, wow! Really? Yeah. Well, I didn't. I years. missed that news. Uh, the German Bundesrat has placed has passed a resolution to stop sales of internal combustion vehicles, both powered by petrol and diesel, as of 2030. Only zero emission vehicles would be allowed on the market after that time. Per well, what's the date on on that? Uh, this was published. This has been about like six months, I want to wow. say. Wow, I, I didn't realize. I mean, because that's big news be, only because they're so strong in the auto industry. 
Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I mean, I think they were kind of they were forcing the hands of their industry. They were like you, and and, and you know, like there are a few. They they have the big player right, and their big player Volkswagen Auto Group right is okay. is basically you know promising was promising twenty. 20 models and and to go pretty electrified after their big debacle mm-hmm. and 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 they you know they have taken electrification very seriously right they've taken it to the point where they have a massive amount of solar roofs deployed on people's homes and that's being done on a governmental level in a lot of ways even though germany's not known as the sunshine state uh that so Robert is holding up a piece of paper that says 10-6-10-2016. That's when Germany announced this in yes. 2016. Yes, oh, that was... Okay. So it's been four years you've lived under some form of rock, Joel. What? In which you what? didn't hear this. That's, and that's not a month the that I bought my car. Maybe, that, maybe not I was the paying only, attention to that instead. They're not the only country that has made this announcement either. That, there have been others since then. That's amazing. Okay. Well, you learned this something new. This is not new. one of them. You learn something new every day. In. That's crazy. And so six so so basically what I, what we're getting at is like 600 chargers for their employees. Like every company in Germany is going to have to do this. And this is what this is the sort of of massive changes that it's actually going to take to do this electrification of the world. You're going to have to make it super dead simple because I will tell you this, none of these German employees that will work at this gigafactory if they live in an apartment will need to worry about charging at home yeah they'll just go to work and they'll charge and that will be they'll over the course of a week they'll be able to probably charge for five or ten hours right and, and easily and all all twelve thousand of them will probably be able to rotate through these superchargers and better yet if side. you have this many chargers it would be mm-hmm. best to have the entire thing networked so that when Joel's car, you know, Joel gets there and says, oh, I only have to drive, you know, 75 miles this week. So the car doesn't need to get charged all the way to the top. And Robert Mm -hmm. is planning to go, I don't know, visit his aunt. So he's got to have 400 miles or what have you to have some sort of a smart system that optimizes the charging. Plus, if I go in and I'm like, I happen to work in the department that's a mile and, you know, mile and a half from where my car is parked. I don't want to have to go hike out there in the rain after three hours to forcibly move my car. Right. So you got to make it like so user friendly that it makes owning an electric car so much better than a vehicle that's powered by petrol or diesel. And that is so easy to do if only it's done, you know, with the consumer in mind. The future of charging is workplace charging. <laughs> very nicely done i'm hoping very you can put that in the done. intro now all right um i think so uh, drew mentioned that they um were going to do at some point vehicle to grid now uh, i know everybody was listening for their car to be able to emergency back up their house and elon really didn't like that but if you remember drew sort of after elon said what he said he, uh drew interrupted and said we will at some point participate in in grid in sort of a a, a grid uh, I forget the a word. V to G yeah a, a V to G situation. So your what you said, Robert, um, I think is true. Um, with so much solar and obviously solar is during the day, and generally people are working during the day. Not everybody, um, especially if you're an emergency room physician. But if there is workplace charging, then you can participate in vehicle to uh, to grid. 
in grid stabilization, and that's what Drew said. And I think a lot of those folks can see really inexpensive charging rates or even free charging rates because they don't have any place to put all that solar. How about V to F charging in this particular case where it's vehicle to factory, Ah. right? They're attached to the gigafactory and you have all of these cars basically could charge during the day. And then as the night, you know, dawns or uh, the night crests on the evening, those cars could then charge the factory back up using that. Like that's pretty, that's like an interesting thing, right? So you have this factory with giant solar panels charging all the workers cars from like 12 PM. And then as the sun sets at like five in the winter, those cars then power the last three hours of those workers shift. And then they go home. Yeah. That's crazy. Thank crazy you. You're cool. very welcome. I thought that was a very cool thing for me to say. You're you're right, guys. You should have uh, acknowledged okay, that. Okay, I'm going to stop saying how good you, <laughs> your, your stuff is now. I think we should move head. on. I think we should move on after two hours, and we should go to the towards the end of this show, if nobody minds, and we should go to media picks. Does anybody have any media picks for this lovely week? As a matter of fact. While you're... Well, because there's none in here, but and while you're thinking about that, I would like to thank my newest uh, referral on the Tesla referral. Even though it's not my month, yeah, how'd you get I, one? I, wow. I received a referral on the 27th. Didn't they know that your Tesla referral was Robert three one seven seven? Nope, they clearly did not. So Stefani with an O ordered their vehicle on 10 27 20 and we will keep an eye out for the date of delivery and uh congratulations and if you're listening thank you very much i appreciate it i was just checking to see if i got any more i don't but what does stephanie get doesn't say it doesn't tell you so sometimes what i'll do is sort of like make assumptions if it like gets delivered in three days it's probably a three if it gets a little you know i got i they're just guesses though honestly like the last two took a really long time so i kind of assumed they were wise but i just i mean it's not based on any knowledge because it doesn't they don't they don't tesla doesn't reveal that at least not on the app uh but but very cool so my media pick is a oh, book wait, you're going from thanking people who bought cars Back to media uh-huh. pick. Let me just say mine since it's you here have in the a notes. Thinking, do you have a th- you yeah, have a I wanted to thank again James who ordered on uh, October 19th and took delivery nice. on like the 24th. Oh, Good wow. job. Which is That's crazy cool. fast. Send us a message. We probably won't ever get James and let us know what you bought. Yeah. Well, we're working on that, right? We're going to redo the website, I think I heard. Yeah, I'm working real hard on that. Is Robert. that the, you the website all... guy? Uh, no. no. Okay. I'm not. I was being facetious, Joel. That was sarcasm. Yeah. You could also send it via Twitter, which we also won't look. In fact, no, I look while at the you guys Twitter. are coming up with your media picks, I will look. Do you look at the messages in Twitter? Because you never mention any of them and they sit there for months. Oh, so. Yeah, yeah, we just got to make cool. the show a little shorter. No. no. So, we, this is what people want, yes. Joel. They don't, wanna, they don't want our Twitter. They want our insight and, and awesomeness if, to if, really shine since through. we're talking about uh letters twitter etc i'm going to bring your attention down to that page on which we have letters if you look at your show notes i've mm-hmm. revised the show note schematic and you'll see here that i've assigned check the talking tesla accounts tom will you check the facebook account 
Uh, I really would prefer not to check Facebook, but I will. Well, somebody here's got a to. little. I don't have any here's clue an interesting about it. message. So, oh. Stephony on Tuesday of this week sent us a message via Twitter. We're placing a order for another Tesla and would like to use your referral code again. Again. Good luck. Would you remind me what it is exactly so I can send it to our delivery specialist? Is it Laney 9300? It is. And she obviously found that information. And thank you kindly. So not only has Stephanie Stefani used my referral this month, but it's the second time she's used this, uh, my code. So mm, thank you for listening. Yeah. Nice. We're very, very, very grateful. Yeah. Thank and you. so I've got, uh, uh, at Aeternus, at Aeternus. I'm not sure how to. Anyway, he he says he's an energy and transport geek, a Chiefs fan, and he loves soccer. But even though you are the soccer aficionado, Tom, he's going to buy a Tesla using my code because it is still nice. October, and my code is Robert three one seven seven. It's really uh, just helping us to feel like we're here and we have a purpose. So we do have some letters here at the bottom. We do. Uh, we, we have a letter from Anders, a longtime listener and previous asker of questions. Uh, he works as a software developer, played around with his electricity suppliers, application programmer interfaces and API. electricity maps API. Uh, the combination of the two would make it possible to have a charging pan that has the smallest carbon footprint. Surely Tesla should have this feature baked into their home charger. Uh, I don't know anything about that. Do you know anything about what he's talking about, Joel, as the resident expert on things electrical? We're going to, uh, so let's see, API programming interface. So he's asking, does Tesla have open APIs or the combination of the two? So if you, um, the newest, one of the newest uh, chargers does have uh, a Wi-Fi connection um, and looks mm -hmm. to connect via Wi-Fi. And um, mm -hmm. although Tesla's APIs aren't open, they're fairly discoverable. So uh, folks like Teslab um, and others are utilizing those APIs. And even you can even find like mm -hmm. a watch app and they're taking advantage of these APIs that aren't open, but they aren't closed off either. So I actually believe that the, at least for the newest chargers, there are APIs available. We could look into this more for sure okay. to find out. And these APIs are, are basically like points in which you can connect into another app and or and get data out of that. Mm. So you could get your charging information for your charger, mm -hmm. or maybe you could turn off it with something like using Alexa. If, if he was a programmer, he could mm -hmm. somehow turn off his charger right from his voice. Or get his car, but in this case, but in this case, but is he is he because he's talking about it being like a small carbon footprint? That would mean charging at the right time, like when his utility is maybe getting the most renewable through its system. Is it oh, like yeah, yeah, so? Yeah, it's yeah. sort of maybe connecting understanding, right? So it's connecting with his electricity maps API, which is like kind of where the source of that electricity is with the grid with his home charger yep. to like say oh this is the time you should be charging so if you're at home and it says this is I ideal renewable energy production time plug your car in maybe it's something to that effect and and you can look into it a little more it says there's a little he put a link to 
uh, smedagard.io, S-M-E-D-E-G-A-A-R-D.io forward slash carbon dash footprint dash reduction. And you can check it out for yourself. Anders, thank you so much for that email. He talked about, he tried to educate us about full stack and what that means. And we, yep. uh, we still don't know, but thank you very much. It made it a little bit clear. And this guy, oh, this is James. This is basically, James took us to task about the roof. And we have decided- The Model uh, 3 roof that flew off after they had taken- So he was upset with us because- the, No, that, no, that's like, you guys. Because I, I, I wasn't on the yes, show yes, at yes. that point. I, I met ah, us, okay. sorry, the, 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 the pre-Joel Us, show 183, where we basically talked about- the Model Y that was driving right out of the dealership and the roof, the glass rooftop kind of flew, fell off on it. And we didn't basically check our sources. And and he thought like maybe it was it was not fake. a real story. There were no other fake pictures. News. He thought it was kind of fake news. And uh, God, I hate that term. This is not a this is not a news show. But we <laughs> we should we should we have looked a little bit deeper into that? Maybe will we next time? Absolutely not. But that's okay <laughs> because you can hear what we say and you can do your own research. It and 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 in fact, I haven't heard another peep out of this story either. Tesla's PR department did a really good job of shutting it down, or maybe it didn't happen. I don't do know. they what have do a PR think? department? I mean, Depends. they do have a PR department Check. because they have all those influencers at their events. Me and me and Robert see them from outside of our from outside the fence during those events. Uh, we, we look at them with their with their with their uh, selfie sticks and 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 jibs, walking around doing videotapes, and we watch their videos after the fact, and we're we're like, I wonder what the food was like in there because we don't we don't get in. <laughs> <laughs> so media picks, boys. What do you think? Uh, Mel, okay, Mel, awesome. what did you pick? Mel, ah, oh, Mel? crikey, mate. What I picked was Jaws 3 because it's about white sharks and I love white sharks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, uh, so go ahead, Joel. You're the man. No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, uh, go. Well, mine, go. mine's a little, uh, let's see if I can do this right. Um, my pick, um, is about something called Coded Bias. It's a movie that came out actually in January, or a documentary about artificial intelligence and how, if we're not careful, it can be biased. It can it sort of include our biases without us realizing. And so um, I wanted to play two clips. And let me see if I can do this here. Wow, look at this, Mr. Next Freaking Level. So, can you guys see my screen? I can. Yeah. Yes, this is very wow. exciting. Okay, this is how like are we going to hear it? Wow, Joel, okay, that's a and lot I'll just of describe. pornography on that right side. You really? Oh my <laughs> okay, God! Look at that woman. Will is you doing? stop? That is untrue. <laughs> right. There is no pornography on can, YouTube. Can you? So, what do you see on your screen right now? Futurism. I see that you're uh, subscribed to YouTube Premium. That's pretty okay. bitching. Okay, so here we go. So, um, I I do that. So. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> so this first one is um, is not really AI, um, but it's how sometimes, and I'm a big technology fan, how sometimes we, we program, but we don't um, necessarily uh, test too well. Entering the future. Okay, so what? Well, let me. Uh, what, we're, what we're first seeing is a guy um, who um, is a Caucasian gentleman who puts his hand underneath a soap dispenser, 
and rightly an so automatic gets, soap dis- an automatic an automatic soap, soap dispenser oh, and this. soap comes out mm-hmm. okay and then this there's a uh, this is a african gentleman guy. yeah yep and he's trying to put his hand underneath them and he's not getting any soap so he grabs a a, a towel which is white very white <laughs> mighty white and then <laughs> oh my god and then he gets god. and he Joel. gets uh, he gets soap there um this is so freaking heartbreaking on so many levels yeah but you know what i saw this as well when it came to facial recognition yeah like, so, so there's so a hotel the, near me that has this station you go up to so before you can go in the hotel stanchions mm-hmm. drive you to this device where you have to put your face you have to line your eyes up with it and fill the face and then it takes your temperature and lets you in but there was a black dude mm-hmm. in front of me and it would not work would not work i stepped in front of it it worked he stepped in front of it it didn't work i stepped it was just maddening so, Tom, you just said, I mean, um, Robert, you just set up my my next clip. This is a clip from Coded Bias. During my first semester at MIT, I got computer vision software that was supposed to track my face. It didn't work until I put on this white mask. Oh, my God. I'm thinking, all right, what's going on here? Is it the lighting conditions? Is it the angle at which I'm looking at the camera? Or is there something more? That's when I started looking into issues of bias that can creep into technology. And so this is a um, uh, a Sundance Award uh, a winner, um, and it's won a, a, a number of awards. But as we use technology more and more, um, we need to make sure that we have great test cases and, and make sure that we're extremely inclusive um, in those test cases. Uh, where can a lot. you find this movie, Joel? Is this a Netflix, an Amazon Prime? Uh, it's actually pretty hard to find right now. Um, so GTS, my friends, GTS. Yes, yeah, just Google it. Um, <laughs> so, so there's a podcast that I follow that just had a uh, a festival and they were showing this. It just ended, and there's another festival coming um, in uh, like next week in in November after the elections. Uh, so if you if you Google that, you can find it out. Um, and whenever you listen to this podcast, check it out. It's like I said, I'm a big technology fan, but we just need to make sure that we're always, you know, in our test cases and the test cases for programmers are making sure you're including every possibility. And uh, this is this is a pretty interesting topic, um, especially as we move to more AI and uh, where there's facial recognition like we saw here, there's many other things that can happen where we don't realize. If, for example, there's there's one that I heard about that uh, did a test on a jury. It, it was to help judges come up with uh, sentencing and using, it was an AI tool as well. And there was bias in that. And they just didn't realize that there was bias, even though they weren't using race as, a, as an indicator. It ended up being fairly um, uh, race-based. And so yeah if you're in a criminal it's, it's, trial and it's time to be sentenced please be sentenced after lunch <laughs> because the sentences that are laid down by judges after lunch are considerably less harsh 
than those laid down in the morning session. What if they had a crappy lunch? Man, that's pretty impressive. Now, have you ever run into any of this personally, Joel? I don't know if everybody that's listening to the show, I assume that they do because you are the president of the Tesla Black Caucus, but you are a black man, Joel. <laughs> and have you ever run into any of this uh, like on your phones with face recognition? Any like, Do you have difficulties with that stuff? So you, this is something that you have actually experienced in your life. Yeah, so um, one's more comical that I'll share was a early uh, iPhone app, just as apps were starting to come out, and it would uh, take your face, and then it would make you look like different characters. It was sort of a early Snapchat sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and my brother-in-law, who is uh, who's Caucasian, put it up, and he's like, oh, you know, and he's doing these funny things, and he hands it to my wife, um, his sister, same thing, and then I do it, and it's like, Essentially what that woman said there, no face detected. Wow. And he's like, oh, there must be something wrong. And he's like trying to do, I'm like, dude. He's like, no, 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 it must be something. Like, no, dude, uh, <laughs> it's not going to work. Like, it's like all, I, I got all, it right away. I didn't here. even, right. I didn't even yeah. like. Like you, you instantly know. knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some, some uh, automatic door openers at some places also like close a little quicker on me than they do on, on other folks. Um, but. Wow. I, you know, that's the sort of thing that, you know, as engineers, I mean, there's a, I'm sure there's a lot of techie folks in the audience, but um, as engineers, um, you know, you're like, okay, yeah, let me just test this. And they have their, whoever they're working with go through and test it. And they're like, okay, yeah, it's working great. And not realizing that they haven't tested for other, other races and creeds. So for this documentary, Coded Bias, if you go to their website, Coded by codedbiasoneword.com, you can see that they are screening it virtually through a whole lot of different cinemas, like art cinemas. So you like there's a the Coolidge Theater in Boston. Uh, it'll be available on the 18th. You just pay them and you get like 48 hours to watch it. So there's a whole bunch of ways you can do it, but it's not coming out. The, the earliest is on the 11th of November, but it looks like everyone else drops on the 18th. So just go to codedbias.com and you can pick it up there. Very cool. Great pick, Joel. I, uh, I, I stumbled onto this show. My next guest needs no introduction, which is a Dave Letterman mm. show where he... Second season is what you're going to talk about. This well, second amazing. and third. Uh, the okay. first show that I got um, uh, uh, moved to watch was Dave, Letter uh, Dave Chappelle. So the Daves. Dave Letterman interviewing Dave Chappelle, which really was kind of like a back and forth interview. But it was really well done, and uh, and Dave Chappelle is one of my all-time favorites. So I thought that yeah. was a fantastic episode, and it was that was by far the best episode of this show. Yeah, because it was so like David Chappelle is such a meaningful guy, and David Letterman and him really have they have a long history of each other. Chappelle was early on on Dave's show when he was on TV. He was one of the guests, I believe, on the last week as well. But like they have a really deep, deep seated respect for one another this interview was was done during coronavirus yeah. you know during this pandemic it was the first one that was basically the actual interview usually takes place in a theater in new york in uh in in harlem at a, at a theater i can't i don't remember what theater it was but i i've actually been to the theater it's a it's a great theater uh on the campus of a, of a university uh that's up there and this was done in his hometown. And I will tell you for the next three days, I was like, Yellow Springs, 
uh, Ohio. Let's move to Yellow Springs, yeah. Ohio. Yeah, it looks people. like a great it place. It looked like an amazing place. This is like Dave Chappelle still lives in the town he grew up in, and he loves it, and everybody knows him, and it just seems like an amazing... He re referred to it as a Bernie Sanders island in the middle of a Trump ocean <laughs> uh, in terms of what this uh, what this town was like. And, and that's a... I, I second and third that pick that is an amazing interview and the other best interview that i saw was malala yasafsi which is the young girl who was shot in the face by a boy inspired by the taliban in pakistan and then went on to win oh. the nobel peace prize and she's just such a humble and uh centered young woman and she's at oxford yeah. and dave goes to see her at oxford and pulls some of his shtick, and it just doesn't really get under her skin. But you can tell that she gets it because in the end uh, she gets back at him. And it's really, it's a great interview. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, again, a picture of sort of the broader picture of who we are as people and what's really important uh, that passes between us uh, as we are now living in a world of a lot of um, just um, remarkably concerning behavior yeah and this is like the long form interview show that david letterman always wanted to do and could not do on his late night show he really wanted to be able to connect with people and in all of these interviews it really shows he's had kanye west on the show i mean it's been a really diverse group of folks that he's talked to and he just really gets very deep with them and 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 bears his soul and gets them to bear their souls it's just really i think it's really a I'm a huge fan of Letterman, have been since like the late night, you know, when he first started his show and uh, it changed television in a lot of ways, in my opinion, late night television for sure. Um, and so I'm a huge fan and I think there's nobody better at this format that, that he's currently working on. So that's a, that's a, that's a, a can't miss. Good job, uh, Robert. Let's thank all the all folks right. from Patreon, uh, Joel and... Oh, wait, where's the list? Mel, can you Mel please print up the list? Mel's, Mel's not here. He's uh, yeah. He just got back from Nuevo Yorque. Right. Um, so, but that's it. That's the show. We'll see you all on the other side. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Robert. You're good people. Yeah, that was a good two hours and 40 minutes. Another record in the talking Tesla no. sphere. Doesn't it just go so fast, boys? Goes so fast. Yeah, and there's like a whole bunch of space articles, like the hop yeah, that we skipped, which we skipped because okay. we'll re we'll do it all when the hop happens. There you go. Space. Well, maybe we'll do an entire space show at some point. But uh, gentlemen, enjoy your weekend. Happy Halloween to everybody out there. Be safe. Be well. Take care of one another. Make be sure kind you vote. to one another. Make sure you vote. If you haven't sent in your mail-in ballots, don't bring them to your polling station. It is too late to send those bad boys in at this point. Uh, but vote. Vote your conscience. Vote your heart. Uh, vote for your neighbor, not just for yourself. Yeah, and your grandchildren and your great-great-great-grandchildren. Yeah. And uh, the next time we meet, we may know who the next president of the United States is. Yeah. Good night, boys. Good night. Good night, all.